hello. Welcome back to the Book of Medora. It's me, Crystal, and with me is Monica. Hello. And Cameron. Hi. Part two of Tears of the Kingdom. That's what this episode's all about. Last we <laughs> left off, we had, um, we left off at Zelda arriving in the past. No, we fucking didn't. Actually. <laughs> no. Where did we leave off? We left off just about to start. I think Raru married Sonya and founded Hyrule. Mm-hmm. And we went through uh, one to five of the Chamberlain's accounts. Yes. Of the 13 Chamberlain accounts. Yes. The, because the structure the- we are proposing is that we will see both sides of the same events, both from Zelda and the Chamberlain's perspective. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But first we need to go back. Okay. Yeah, this episode, Ed, we have to apologize to our listeners. It turns out that uh, in the last episode, we got ahead of ourselves and went too far down the timeline. <laughs> we need to go back. No, I think we identified that there was a line somewhere in the game that talked about the Zonai descending from gods, and I have found that line. So we should probably look at this uh, as top of the list. Yeah. How do you feel about this crystal? Okay, go on, go ahead. So uh, these lines are from Minoru, and it is actually after uh, you encounter her and get her vow. So this is what she's recounting. Long ago, my people, known as the Zonai, came down from the heavens to the surface of the world. It was said they were the descendants of gods. They bore treasures from these same gods. Secret stones capable of amplifying the abilities of those who possess them. Using the knowledge of the Zonai, my younger brother, Raru, became a great leader. He met a young woman named Sanya, and they would wed. Now that is a very carefully worded statement. Sure is. Could you expand on that? Well, it does not confirm or deny anything about the Zonai, really. It's just kind of recounting the legends. Right. I do like that Mineru frames it as said to have been descended from gods. Said by who? Who is saying that? Now, here's the thing. Citation needed. No, no. Here's the thing. This is actually something that I think we can safely assume was said by the Zonai themselves. Yes. Because the terrestrial peoples of what would become Hyrule never refer to the Zonai as descendants of gods. They refer to them as gods. Mm Mm-hmm. So if anybody was referring to them as the descendants of gods, it would be the Zonai themselves. Hmm. Do we think it's likely that Minoru really doesn't know? If they're descended from gods? Right. But no, I don't think the Zonai have any idea of their full origin, no more than any other people in Hyrule really know where they come from. And it's, it's not clear whether these stones could have been from somebody... Uh, bestowed like the Triforce or manufactured and just the art of it being lost. I, I guess the only thing you can say for sure is that they don't know how to make them anymore. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me like the Zonai are kind of carefully taking up the legends that the Hylians have about them without fully describing themselves as gods because they know that they aren't. So you think that they are adapting what was said by the people of the surface rather than them just bringing down their own mythologies. I mean, hey, if they're saying it for free, why not adopt it? I mean, they would not be the first people to claim to be descended from gods. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that 
they were divinely created and given a powerful agnostic tool in similar fashions to Hylians. So this is under the they are aliens theory. In the formation of that world, rather than three triangles, there were seven nines. Seven megatomas. Seven megatomas. And they journeyed across space, question mark, to another land with also convenient triangle or, or divine powers. I want to hear your take, Crystal. Hmm. Here's the thing about the secret stones. They don't actually do anything by themselves. They're just a magnifying glass for your soul, right? That's a very specific way to put that, but yeah. yeah. I would agree. So if you have to have a, a very special soul to really use it, because I don't think um, if... Uh, Who's a normal person in Zelda? What's the name of a normal person with no powers? Let's just use me, me as an example, Cameron. <laughs> if Cameron got a secret stone, you would not develop <laughs> the powers of the King of Darkness. No, Maybe. probably not. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows what's reflected inside of me, but no, probably not the King of Darkness. Only someone who already had some darkness powers going on would become the King of Darkness. Yeah, it enhances whatever you've got going on. Like, if I was a really good farmer, maybe I'd get, like, godlike at farming. Power of farming. (laughs) So it kind of seems to me that what the secret stones do is they transform demigods, people who are mostly normal but have some special powers, into full-blown gods. That is an interesting idea. Hmm. I think it's also worth noting that the effect... They're multiplicative, or maybe even like causing geometrical um, enhancements, because the effects that they have are greatly dependent on how strong a person is in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because when the champions get their, sorry, not the champions, the sages of the old times get their secret stones, they remain basically the same people. They just have enhanced abilities. But... When Ganondorf gets his, he turns into the devil. I think that's aligned with, you know, people can become devils if they really want to be bad people. Mm. Well, I just mean that the higher your base is, the oh, yeah. stronger the effect is. Well, Zelda's powers are, like, crazy amplified, too. Yes. It seems like Ganon has the highest base. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. He does, he, he does uh, have the ability to murder a secret stone holder. It's just like when um, Trunks killed Frieza. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to need you to go a little bit further on how that relates. Well, Frieza was so powerful that Super Saiyan Goku had to go in an all-out brawl with him. And only just barely won before the planet exploded. Right. But then Frieza showed up and met Super Saiyan Trunks who just killed him with one sword swing. Well, Trunks had the Master Sword then. Exactly. (laughs) I think both of you have lost me, but okay, yes, I'm just going to nod and go along with this. <laughs> I I want to point out that uh, the Skyward Sword, Amber and Dusk Relics, uh, the description of the Amber Relics calls out that no one knows where their strange shape comes from. Interesting. Which implies retroactively through this game that the relics themselves may be relics of the Secret Stones. Maybe. There's a lot more than seven of those, aren't there? Yeah, there's a lot of amber relics. They just kind of 
coalesce in different places. And then the dusk stones are only in the uh, silent realms. But their shapes could still come from the secret stones. Potentially, yes. Some sort of uh, collection of powers. That would place the first advent of the secret stones in the time before the setup of Skyward Sword. In the world of Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, there is no silent realm or sacred realm or other world, really. Go ahead. Whereas with the amber and dusk relics, the amber is only found in the world of the sun, and the dusk relic is only found in the silent realm. Yes. Implying that there is some kind of uh, symbiotic relationship between the two realms. Yeah, at least of some kind. They, They are reflections of each other. But the secret stones don't really have anything to do with that. But the but I wonder about that because where did the shape of the relics come from? And does Tears of the Kingdom imply that the formation of those relics was in some way related to the secret stones? Do the silent realms only exist because a secret stone was used in their making? Hmm. Hmm. Who had the secret stones before, I wonder? I mean... We don't have to ask who had it before. We just have to ask when did they come to Earth? They came with the Zonai. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so we've got this thing where Mineru talks about how the Zonai were said probably by themselves to be descended from gods and had relics that were purported to be from those same gods. Monica, what what are we supposed to take away from this? No, it's just worth discussing at this point. I, I don't think we need to really um, do a further analysis. I, I do want to call out something that we we generally mentioned from the previous episode in that there isn't really any habitation up in the sky that we know of and see. We do have the Great Sky Island. We do have some ruins around there, but those were all raised up by Zelda and Minoru afterwards. We don't see the living place of the Zonai in the sky. Right. It's true that there is. there's no housing up there. This is where I stick that aliens meme in. Well, I think that there is actually a pretty strong indicator that I would like to use to suggest that the Zonai came from a distant nebula. But we will see if we actually get that far into the memories today. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So the geoliths and the memories from the Tears of the Dragon, which are Zelda, therefore the Tears of the Kingdom. Spoilers. Spoilers. I'm assuming you didn't jump straight to episode two of this, where we warned that we're starting from a very strange place. Um, Yeah. I think it's worth reflecting on why these core memories are focused on, other than, you know, they have a specific game purpose. I think they were the most important to Zelda to try to explain to Link about her decision and what happened, and warning him about Ganondorf, as well as how to locate her. Like, we don't see, like, the mushroom fashion trend happening. Though it does happen. Yes. What are your take, Crystal, what's your take on the structure of the memories? Are they set up in a specific way? Is it on purpose? I did not read it as a purposeful curation. I thought it was just that these are happened to be the memories that had the most emotional resonance in Zelda's heart. Hence why they were dropped by her as a dragon in the form of her tears. Yes. I could definitely see that. It's certainly the most open. 
Because if I consider them to be intentionally curated, I think (laughs) you could have organized that information a little better. (laughs) Maybe a a smidgen, you say? (laughs) Shall we dive into the memories? Did you link them to Crystal? Yeah, I got them up. Okay, let's do this. Memory three is the first. I would... I, I, I... I just want to register my uh, that the first memory is memory three because of how we're doing this. I know I said it last episode, but we really should have done this chronology according to Zelda's experience. No. Because now we lack the context of her previous experiences. That's fine. For what's about to happen here. It's okay. The first time a Zelda question mark hits the world question mark is here. Why? Why are you laughing, Crystal? Because <laughs> this, she is the first Zelda. Maybe <laughs> question she, mark. Th- there is a bunch of question marks just scattered around the way that we're talking about this. <laughs> oh, yep. Our Zelda is the first Zelda, the last Zelda, the eternal Zelda. She is <laughs> she, Hylia. She's been there the whole Pretty time. Much. She's kind of like Hylia. Um, Zelda's activation of the secret stone, which is glowing here. Activation it, of se- where did she get a secret stone on? <laughs> What do you mean a secret stone? We haven't seen one of those before. A young woman appears in the past (laughs) bearing a secret stone. Yes, with the specific inscription of time there. And it is her awakening as the sage of time. No, no, no. You're skipping ahead now, asshole. No, it's it's, it's already here. We don't know it. Yeah, but we it don't is a thing. know it. But it happened. Yeah, there's a bunch that happened that we're not going to talk about. <laughs> okay, <anymore>. okay. <laughs> the king and queen of Hyrule happened upon a mysterious young woman bearing <laughs> the sacred stone of time. Which, incidentally, the same sacred stone that the queen of Hyrule bears. And, like, there's only supposed to be seven of these things, and it it doesn't alarm them considerably that an extra one has um, poofed in. I would what? be a little freaked out. <laughs> they have seven, but I don't think there's only supposed to be seven. Uh, because okay. for Mineru to know about dragonification implies that such a thing happened before. That's fair. That did, does imply there used to be more of them, or, yeah, that yeah. simply more of them somewhere. And if we... Assume that the dragons, the elemental dragons, were draconified people. That brings it to a nice 10. No, it brings it, yeah, yeah, but yeah, right t- now it's 11. Right now it's 11. Monica. That's even um, better. <laughs> That's a prime number. That's one of my favorite numbers. It's a very good one. It's got two ones in it, and it's a prime. If the ones switched places, could you tell the difference? You could not. Exactly. <laughs> Why did she end up at this exact spot with Raru and Sonia, the king and queen of Hyrule? Uh, well, we can see the Temple of Time behind her. So where would this be exactly? Why, this would be on the Great Plateau. Oh, there yes. we go. In fact, this is very explicitly on the Great Plateau. I think it's in the, what's it called? The Forest of Souls or something? The forest. There's a, a forest of time. But that's actually uh, um, under the Great Plateau. Yes, but the forest, it's around the Pond of Souls or something like that. Uh, maybe. My name is Raru. King Raru of Hyrule introduces the King of Hyrule, introduces himself to this mysterious young woman with golden hair. I find it very interesting that Zelda introduces herself as Daughter of Rome. Well, it, uh, she's speaking to two royals, so I guess she wants to also speak in the royal register. Yeah, I think so. I guess so. But she 
Rome has been dead for a while. Yeah, but in, in her experience, it's only been like five or six years. Yeah, that's a while. I mean, she doesn't even have to be a princess. One thing that I think is worth examining here, given what we know about what's actually going on with these characters, is how different Sonya looks compared to Zelda. Like, there's a reason that we thought Sonya might have been highly a walking around on Earth, and that her hair is a much lighter tone, and her skin is much darker, and she bears all those cool tattoos. In a lot of ways, they look like they could be distantly related, but she doesn't have that Zelda look to her. Certainly no Zelda has looked that way. But we've had a brunette Zelda. Go ahead, Crystal. I was going to say that long hair Zelda doesn't look that different. Well, if nothing else, it's a very different kind of blonde, right? Sure. Also, much bigger ears. These are like Ocarina of Time-sized ears for Sonya. Mm-hmm. Much well, people more can t- hear the gods much more clearly. She can the hear gods. the gods much more clearly. <laughs> to say nothing of how well uh, Raru here can hear the gods. I think that one thing to play that we can look at here is that... Raru seems surprised by Zelda's answer when he asks, and who are you? And she says, I am the daughter of Rome, the king of Hyrule. And he's like, that's bizarre. We just founded the king of Hyrule and are its king and queen. The kingdom, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, wait a minute. What? But the thing is that Raru manages to be surprised. Sonya betrays no surprise at all during this whole thing. She's not even uh, potentially curious about what's going on with Zelda. She looks like she was expecting this all along. It's kind of a knowing look. Would you agree with that, Crystal? Yeah, I would agree with that. She's got a little bit of a sneaky little smile on her. Sneaky, no less. Yeah, if it's a knowing look, she she knows what's going on. She's not spilling the beans. It's true. Do we think it, like, and the way that she looks back at Zelda again with a little smile after sort of nodding at Raru, we both agree just by ba- well, both all three of us agree that based on the Chamberlain's um, telling and at least partially on this scene that Sonia knows a very great deal more than she lets her husband in on or anyone mysterious knowledge or at the least she behaves as if she knows a great deal more. That's true. She might just be behaving. She classic could just be, technique could yeah classic behaving. So <laughs> this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> what? It's just, I took a second to actually process what you said, and it was just classic behaving. It's like, <laughs> yeah. That's a, a wise queen must always pretend to know more than she does, even if she knows a lot. I guess. Can we, although we haven't gone into the future, which is, you know, uh, further along in the chronology... This mysterious young woman does seem to recognize the name King Raru and Queen Sonya of Hyrule. Yes. As the founders of Hyrule. Yes. What do you make of this? That's kind of bizarre. What do you make of that, Crystal? Oh, I think there's probably a document that's just a list of kings and queens that Zelda had to memorize as of the princess. And the top of it was Raru and Sonya? I guess so. You think she's got, like, 500 or 1,000 generations just memorized? Oh, you know Rome made her memorize that. (laughs) That's a fact. That's true. He said, either you memorize this or I'm going to make you look in the box again. With the puppy? Yeah, with the dead puppy. Every time I talk about Rome, I make him worse and worse (laughs) somehow. 
can I point out that we see, when the camera pans out, we see Sonia and Rao from behind, and both of their hair is so long that it is scraping the ground. Yeah, it's basically cloaks of hair. It's pretty absurd. That just seems like a pain. I mean, they are magical. It's probably fine. Okay. This could imply that they are very old. It could, actually, because hair only grows at a fixed rate. Right. But it could also be, like, a symbol of their sagacity. It could be tied into the old thing. True. But Again, the kingdom could have been found in a while back. That's true. But I also mean to say that their hair may have grown in keeping with the extension of their powers. Because we know from a little bit later that great power and knowledge, especially as tied in with the secret stones, makes your hair longer. That is true, with our foreknowledge. Crystal, the way that I would put it is, um, I think, oh, what's, what's actually happening here is both of them are kneeling in front of Zelda. They probably don't normally drag on the ground when they're walking around. That's still a ton of shampoo. Oh, they don't take care of their own hair. They are royalty. Ugh. What do you think the Chamberlain was doing? That's right, taking care of Zelda's hair. Okay, look, and we we transition to this next memory, or do we go back to the Chamberlain? To the next memory. Okay. Before we actually start this memory, though, I do want to point out that the geolith for this memory, which we don't see yet, is in the shape of a castle. And we don't... Is it the one in the shape of a castle? Yes. It's kind of mysterious because we never see the exterior of this, this building. And it's definitely not here in this memory. No. It is very strange, too, that, yes, it's in this memory where there's no castle to be seen. Now, Crystal, what's going on in this next memory? Well, Zelda's looking out over the Great Plateau, just like Link. But it turns out this land is much different. There's a lot more woods in Hyrule Field. And there's no castle. <laughs> and there is no castle. They had to chop down all these trees to build that. <laughs> yes. I was so oddly touched by her standing on the same precipice that is at the introduction of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, where you get that title drop. Yeah. Yeah. She's starting her own adventure. Anyway, go on, Crystal. And uh, she explains that this must be the era of Hyrule's founding, and that she has a secret stone just like Sonya. A secret stone with the power of time. But Sonya can also feel a light power inside of Zelda. Ooh. And gives a knowing look to Rauru, like, how... Could this girl have light and time and a blood connection with us? What does that mean? What do you think that means? <laughs> we certainly actually, don't have any kids. I actually think that it's interesting in that she says that Zelda possesses a light power similar to Raru's and a time power similar to hers, but the blood connection that they have is in addition to those two things. So she's saying that that combination of their powers isn't related to the blood connection. Yeah, I think a lot of people trip up here because they're like, how could Zelda be related to Raru and Sonya? And it's it's not. She's not. She's not. She just has the same powers. And a blood connection as well. Yes. I like how Raru takes it in stride once uh, Sonya says that shit. And he's like, man, my wife is mysterious as hell. <laughs> I, I think... Because they're on the Great Plateau here, and they seem to have been in the previous memory, Like this establishes that the old Hyrule Castle was also on the Great Plateau, beside the Zonai Temple of Time. 
it's like in Breath of the Wild when Rome tells Link that it is said that the Great Plateau is where Hyrule was founded. Yes. So what is the principle, um, what do you call it? What is the goal laid out for us here in this memory, Crystal? Well, Zelda's going to stay with them and maybe an answer will come to her in time. Because wisdom always takes time. An answer to what? <laughs> How to get back. Oh, okay. Because yes, Back to they, the future, Samurai Jack. I, this, this is also the spot in the memory where Zelda's thinking to herself, feeling lonely and adrift, and Sonya punches Raru in the liver because he didn't go comfort her and then decides to go do it herself. And it's like, great. And he's like, the fuck? And he goes up and he rubs his liver. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have much protecting his liver. No, he's, he's way too... bones down there. Yeah, he's, he's so... Fully exposed. And this is the first... We'll tell everyone that you're a distant relative of ours. And this is the first moment in Zelda's living memory where she gets to be embraced by a mother figure. After she was seven years old or whatever. After yeah. her dog was taken away. <laughs> uh, we also have a very clear shot of the tattoos on Sonia or the paint. I don't know if it's tattoo or paint, which has a, a Triforce on her arm. Yes. So it is known in this time, the Triforce. Or at least it's known to Sonia's people, a very secretive people. It is worth noting that she is from afar, potentially. Yes. Monica, expand on that. Uh, just a second. We'll come across that next with the Chamberlain's take about Zelda being a distant relation from a far-off land. Okay, okay, okay. But here we're introduced to the idea that Raru's elder sister, Mineru, may have some idea of how to get Zelda back to her own time. And the way that Raru puts it is that she, being Mineru, knows far more than anyone about our people, the Zonai. Which implies that to Raru, and maybe to most other Zonai, the true history of the Zonai is itself an unknown. They are so far removed from their own origins that they don't really know where they come from. Yes. The weird thing is that the founding of this kingdom and that there are two kingdoms of Hyrule actually works very well. And, and it's, it's what is posited by the Book of Medora in the Accursed Timeline. Okay. Because Raru and Sonia found Hyrule but we have a million other possibilities as to when Hyrule is founded, going far back enough to, you know, Skyward Sword and Zelda and Link coming down and living in an area. And I think this kind of flummoxes people trying to follow the Hyrule Historia. Because there's only one founding of Hyrule. Right, and it's not these people. Right. <laughs> and, and so... When you're talking about an old kingdom and a new kingdom... We have to rename those. Yeah, we really do. This kingdom... <laughs> this, this is Hyrule 1. Okay. And then there's a Hyrule 2. Which is founded in a different land. Yes. And then new Hyrule is Hyrule 3, founded in this land again. I don't know how much clear that is. I think it's quite clear. Three on top... Okay, so three foundations of Hyrule. Yeah. That we know of. Two in the same place. Two in the same place. And archaeology eventually led them back to the ruins of the rest of Hyrule after the events of Spirit Tracks. That's Tetra, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we've got an old kingdom, a middle kingdom, and a new kingdom? 
Yeah, I like hes- Egypt. I hesitate to say Middle Kingdom, but sure. No, like Egypt. No, I got it. I, I, I just want, like, the last shot in this memory, more or less, is Raru just staring slightly off-center of the camera. And looking at him, I can't help notice two things. One, his makeup game is fucking crazy. Like, his eyeshadow alone, just wild. But the other thing is that his eyelids and the set of his eyes is very um, draconic. Yes, dragons all have golden eyelashes. And he also has golden horns sprouting out of his head, which is not something that we see on any other Zonai. He's of the people of the dragon of the Zonai. I he wonder. licked his secret stone. <laughs> just, not just a little bit. I, I, I wonder. I, I, I actually do have an idea with regards to this. And we'll talk about it once. Oh, God, I hope we get to it in this episode. I think Nintendo really wanted to mislead people. Oh, to make people think that the light dragon was Raru? Uh-huh. What do you think, Crystal? I, I mean, I considered that possibility, but I wouldn't say I was misled in that direction. He's the Sage of Light. It's the light dragon. He kind of looks like a dragon goat bunny man. That's true. The only thing is that the light dragon, when you really look at her, is very femme. I mean, Raru looks a bit femme. Well, we we did she, her, Raru for quite a while there. Yes. That's right. When we see the wide shot of Raru, we can see that he has stubby little legs. Yeah, he's like a Zora. <laughs> he's so funny. <laughs> he looks so tall from the waist up. His legs are really short. Yes. Like, when she's standing up, Sonya's hair doesn't drag on the ground. Raru's, it kind of does, because... His uh, his knee to ground distance just isn't very fucking long. His arms are wildly longer than his legs are. Okay, so Monica, you wanted to go into the Chamberlain now. Yeah, Chamberlain's account number six. I will read that out. Please. The foreign princess. Full fine is the weather this morn, and have I audience with a princess said to be kin by far distant years to Queen Sonia. I think it's years. It's not very clear. Uh, by grace has she been given a name most sweet. Of Zelda she has been called. And certain folk stirred suspicion. For strange were her garments and sudden was her appearance. Yet would her countenance and bearing make proof of her right blood and bond to Queen Sonia. As Zelda will remain a while with us, I will myself in handmaid in kind offer her service. She's Impa. This is the Impa of the past, yes. Well, interesting. Sonia in some ways is also the Impa of the past, but this is like... The Hylian version of Impa, and Sonya is the Sheikah version of Impa. Oh yeah, this is the far distant cousin. It's it's plausible that nobody in this kingdom knows about Sonya's full family, because they're afar. Yes, they come from a different land, potentially. Or at least they extend into a different land. So it's plausible for her to have uh, royal cousins from far enough away that nobody in Hyrule knows who they are. Maybe a land where Hylia walks the earth? Maybe a land where Hylia walks the earth. What do you make of that, Crystal? I'm not getting a sense of that as strongly. It seems like this is primarily relies on A, Sonia's word, and B, Zelda's uh, royal demeanor. But the fact that it is considered possible implies that there's at least some knowledge that Sonia's family extends into other regions. I think it just implies that people don't know who all of Sonya's family members are. Fair enough. Hmm. Yeah. Um, according to 
Wordsworth, the guy translating that we will not meet yet. The interpretation for the Chamberlain's lines. Uh, according to this tablet, she Zelda arrived in Hyrule unexpectedly from another kingdom. That is his take on it, yes. yes. But he's working with very limited understanding. Strange were her garments. They don't recognize her manner of dress. Yeah. But she seems like a royal. Wink, wink. <laughs> That's true. We can move to the next memory. Okay. The Switch Pro. Okay, Crystal, tell us about the Switch Pro released in the spring of 2023. Mineru is looking at the Switch Pro and she's like, wow, it's amazing. This runs at 1080p. And you can play Age of Calamity at 30 frames per second. And the blacks are so black. Yeah. And she says it's definitely not from this era, but she might be able to get the fast travel working. We love fast travel. I love that there's that mention because it's necessary for one key scene. And she gives it to a steward construct because those already exist on mm -hmm. the surface. Yes. This, this appears to be set in the Temple of Spirit. Yes, I would agree with that. Interesting. Which, in the modern day, is underground. It may still be underground, given the way that it's lit. There's no windows. That's right. Also of note is that all throughout this, Mineru has the head of her future body in there, which implies to me that the construct referred to in the notes of the Chamberlain is specifically uh, Mineru's attempts at creating a body for herself. Absolutely. Rather than being constructs as a wider concept. Yes. She's able to separate her spirit from her body. Well, that comes up in the dialogue that Crystal will relate to us. She says, the reason you probably travel back in time is because of the power of your secret stone. And she explains that secret stones amplify the powers that people already have, such as her spirit powers, separating her spirit from her body, and Rauru's power to destroy evil with light. And Sonya's ability to control time. And she affirms that in Zelda there are somehow light and time powers, but the secret stone is only working on the time power for some reason? That's interesting. That's kind that of is interesting. peculiar. It's like the light power is something that the stone doesn't or can't touch. But Raru has his power is light. Yes, but it... Okay, we'll come back to it. Okay. Oh, I get your meaning. So basically, Zelda doesn't get mastery over her powers just from holding the secret stone. It just juices her up a lot. Now, if she doesn't know how to use it to get home, she can't use it to get home. Right. She's got to either figure it out or go the long way. And then unprompted, uh, Minera brings up that she could <laughs> eat, eat her stone and become a dragon. Don't do that. Definitely don't do that. That Definitely is forbidden. Not. You should never do that, but I'm going to tell you about it. Now, um... Monica, you've said before that if you had been behind this script, uh, this isn't a problem with the localization. No. It's like this in every version. If I was the writer for this part, even knowing that part of my target audience is eight-year-olds, I would keep the name of this forbidden act draconification, but I would change the lines where they repeat immortal dragon and eternal life a few trillion times and just simplify it to, to swallow a secret stone is to be blessed with eternal life, but to become immortal is to lose oneself. You don't have to say you'll turn into a dragon. You can leave that part. <laughs> it's called surprise. draconification, and the eight-year-old will be very surprised when, when Zelda turns into a dragon. What's 
doubly interesting to me about this is that when draconification is explained to Zelda, Raru goes, huh, this is the first I'm hearing about this. What an interesting idea. He doesn't know about it. I, I'm i kind of struck by that because Mineru is very much the keeper of the mysteries, as it were, mm-hmm. and Raru is not at all privy to most of them. It really seems like Raru doesn't know much at all. Yeah. He, Too busy founding a kingdom. He's just a big himbo who's here to beat up evil. He's just like a really tall guy who looks good as a king. So he's Sonya's husband. <laughs> yeah. It's very in keeping with how Hyrulean kings traditionally are, only he is able to do things. Yeah. It's just it's just funny to me that he don't know dick about anything. Also <laughs> of note is that Meru... Zelda does uh, smile really big when Rauru tells her that... I guess the solution to this problem would just be uh, studying a lot and reading books a lot, just like how your father never let you do. <laughs> He's like, Zelda, I'm going to support you in any uh, endeavors that you undertake, and however long it takes, we'll be here for you no matter what. And she's like, oh my god, I have a father. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because it's still tying into like some sort of mystical power she has. It's just not phrased and forced on her like an abusive parent would. Therefore, she really learns pretty quickly on the scale of things. I, I really like that when Zelda looks sad, Raru's ear twitches as he realizes it. Like yeah. he goes, oh, oh, oh. And then he decides to be very supportive to make her feel better. And it's like, oh, that's nice. That's a grandpa's instinct. I, I guess so. It, and it's just, I saw a piece of fan art the other day where it was captioned and it was Zelda looking very upset and it was very dramatic. It framed her against Raru, I think. And it was something like, I'm sorry. I just love my father for the first time. And it's like, damn, damn, damn. And I think that in a lot of ways, this is, you know how we said that age of calamity is like a really good breath of the wild fan fiction. Yes. In a lot of ways, this gives people that same thing. In that we want to see Zelda with a happy family, and she's getting the support that she deserves to have from Raru and Minero and Sonya. And we see how much she flourishes under that. Yeah. Her tiara, and I guess Sonya's as well, really is in the shape of an eye. Yes. Much like the Zonai eye, I guess. I think two things are worth noting about Minero's appearance. One, she does have a golden lashed third eye just like Raru does but she doesn't have his horns they're covered potentially they stick out they are horns she's wearing a big owl thing on top yes but Raru's horns are very very easy to see next to his eye they almost form a tangent with the lashes so we would be able to see Mineru's if she had any she does not have any horns Monica I don't know I think they could be covered I'm looking at Raru it could be what's keeping that owl thing there. Um, oh, her like ears are also straight up. in the back of the mask to slot yes. the horns into? Okay. Yeah. Her ears are also straight up. She keeps them up like that, which is a very different appearance to her brother. Yeah, it makes her look a lot more bunny-like, maybe bat-like. Yeah. I wonder if that's why Raru has all those earrings. They're weighing down his ears. Oh, I don't oh. know. He still wiggles. He still wiggles them pretty good. Yeah, he can. But like, it's, maybe the natural state is up like a bunny. Oh, maybe. Wouldn't that get sore after a while? Ah. Uh. Okay. So is this memory time or Chamberlain time? It's Chamberlain time. I think 
some great amount of time happens bef- between this and Ganondorf. Between five and six. Yeah, between five and six. Okay, so after the meeting with Mineru, there's a pretty long period of time where Zelda comes into her own in the kingdom and studies and flourishes and spends time with her new family. I will read the two uh, Chamberlain's accounts, which I think apply. Seven, the free-spirited Zelda. Princess Zelda recent comes to see Mineru, the king's older sister. I go with for her to serve. Today came it to pass that Minoru showed to Zelda a construct altogether greatest I have seen. Zelda, she much desired on it to ride, and not could I say could her stop, though I did protest loudly. Nevertheless, she made to sit high upon the construct's shoulders and to ride like a horse all full of grace. My Laojin so great already did grow all the more. I'm supposing that Laojin is opinion? Her respect? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. This is definitely uh, the Minoru body that Zelda's riding like a horse. Yeah, it definitely is. Much like someone else who we've yet to talk about will eventually <laughs> ride on the Minoru body like a horse. <laughs> okay. Don't worry about him. He exists later. Yeah, there's no link here. Eight, the latest trend. Fashion. God, are you looking forward to this one, Crystal? Uh-huh. Fashion now favors garments adorned with mushroom patterns. And far and wide be they worn. This taste for mushrooms comes of the castle's seamstress, who sought to sew clothes for Princess Zelda's pleasure. This fashion, Zelda told to the seamstress, were in her true home well loved. In their time were everyone's patrons of in her time were everyone's patrons of bright hues in the shape of mushrooms. And now our handy seamstress set heart on these patterns to copy, which sell to many happy persons. I searched after some for my own, but could not find any. Okay. So we know Zelda's been living in Hateno. Uh-huh. Yes. She's really taken with the, the mushroom clothing. Her, her, She's got her finger on the pulse of fashion, actually. She is a bona fide uh, CC file. Is that the term? Yeah, we're going to go with that. Okay. Crystal, the seamstress of the castle. There is a castle. Is now True. projecting this trend far into the distant past as well. Yes. It might be a Song of Storms sort of situation. Yes. I mean, I think um, Wordsworth says something to that effect. He comments on the cyclical nature of fashion and trends. But this one is one from the future influencing the past. I don't know if he doesn't know that. Of, no, I, he doesn't know that, but we do. But. Maybe we don't know that. All we know is that this young woman just appeared in the middle. We of have this. perceptive future time vision. It's okay. She says she comes from the future. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> but but I I don't know if Cece looked at past clothing. No, no, probably shot. not. No. So this is just wholly origined from the future. This makes time travel a bit elaborate. Actually, come to think of it, she she could have. She could have. She could have gotten inspiration from ancient trends. So it is a Song of Storm situation. Yes, maybe. Well, that memory was silly. Or that Chamberlain thing was silly. On to memory six, Mulduga. Crystal, tell us about the Mulduga memory. Ganondorf stands on one of the cliffs uh, overlooking the Great Plateau from the Gerudo region. I just noticed in the background, uh, the Gerudo warriors have that uh, that giant mace thingy yeah they've got his big oni club ready for him to take up yes please crystal go on 
Some of them are wearing masks as well. Two, mm. two of them in the front. Yes, they are. Who are they? Well, in point of fact, they come up again. Okay. So I think that we should talk about them a bit more the next time that we see them. So Gans overlooking the Great Plateau. You can see the Temple of Time. You can see two Shrines of Light. The Shrines of Light are already there and activated. Yes. I'm not sure. We don't see a castle still. It could could be on the other side. We are looking at the northern side, I think. Uh, we're looking at the southern side, oh. specifically from the East Grudo Mesa. I jumped there and confirmed the sighting. We can see the Temple of Time in this shot on the right-hand side. Yes, the old Zonai yes. one. Or the one in this game, not the, the... We're looking at the Zonai Temple of Time. Yes. Is that where the current Temple of Time also is? No. No. It, the current Temple of Time is more to the left uh, and the higher ground. So if we... It's closer to the center of the yeah. plateau. If we stare at this, um, and if you compare it with what is in the game, you'll probably notice that it the, t- the Zonai Temple of Time is part of the Great Plateau and maybe kind of slopes down to regular Hyrule, but it was scooped up. And the part where it was scooped up is still part of the Great Plateau in the future. It's that area, if you think over, to where Rome's hut was, that is quite some length, like, uh, closer elevation. to the... Yeah, its elevation is lower than much of the rest of the Great Plateau. Okay. So that part of it was scooped out. Why'd that make Ganondorf so hot in this one? <laughs> He's a big man. He's a big man. He's got experience on his face. He's still got those eyebrows that connect to his hairline. Exactly. Hyrule will bow down before him. That is what he says. (laughs) Now, it's interesting that he says that, though, because Hyrule is very specifically a political entity. That's right. Yes. How do we feel about the, like, uh, Mad Max uh, bad biker Gerudo look here? Yeah, they are kind of... um, (laughs) This Gerudo has a mohawk. And then a long ponytail coming out of the mohawk. Yes. And she also has, like, uh, dark face paint around her eyes. Yes, they're all wearing black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that helps with the sun, I think. Do, do you think? Yes. Oh, the paint around her eyes. Yes, helps with the sun. But the black clothing. Well, that's to indicate that they are evil. <laughs> I, I think, I've never really stopped and looked at it, but the flute or... Uh, wind instrument that she plays on here does have a really big eye on it. Yes. Yes. Do we make anything of that eye? Um, It doesn't look like any other of the eyes, does it? No. In a sense, it looks sort of like what would eventually be a malice eye, but it doesn't have the uh, elongated pupil. The eye of Sauron. Yeah, it hasn't got the eye of Sauron look to it. it for my brother, if you ever listen to this, you and I both know that this shit looks just like a Behalit. A what? Don't worry about it. It's from Berserk. Okay. So she plays the flute. And she summons Moldugas. This art of calling Molduga is lost. Yes. It's a whole bunch of Moldugas. Like 20 of them. I want to pause here and say a couple of things. Firstly, these spears that are held by the Hyrulean guards are not encountered in the actual game. No, they're not. Um, also, we'll, we start seeing people and the banners in that, uh, royal champion blue that has a significance to the royalty of Hyrule. Yes. As proclaimed in the DLC by Rome. And the style of their banners, the writing or 
symbols on it are all in the same very right-angled style that Sonia wears. Yes. So this is maybe their writing system? These Hylian soldiers, because I'm assuming that they're Hylian, are also tattooed in a style similar to Sonia, just not nearly as ornate and not bearing the symbol of the eye or the Triforce. Would you say that their ears are larger than the modern Hylian? I think they're pretty close. Okay. I think that they are pretty close. Sonya has unusually large ears. It may also just be that Zelda has very small ears for a Hylian, because she can't hear the gods too good. <laughs> I, I I know that you two have probably noticed it too. I just thought that it was worth pointing out that beneath the golden head of these spears, there's a little shape, a winged shape, much like the winged shapes on top of the Great Plateau. Yes. And there, it also looks a lot like certain renditions of the crest of the Hyrulean royal family. Yes. So we're seeing quite a lot of that symbolism uh, tied in here. Symbology. So, Crystal, now that the Moldugas are on their way. Rauru puts his hands together and summons light. Uh-huh. And then Sonya is able to use this light to fire a huge Kamehameha. Uh, hold on. I think you may actually not be describing what's happening here in a couple of ways. We, we were led to believe through the cutting of the um, trailer that Sonya is the one who fires the death beam, but I don't think that's actually the case. I think she's channeling her power into Raru. Same with Zelda. Because when we get to the next shot, we see Raru still standing in front of both of them, and it forms out of a sun in his hands that shoots out as a massive beam of light. How are they using their time to help him? It's not clear. But there's one other thing about this shot that I think is uh, worth noting. Sonya puts up her hand behind Raru's back, and she gets this glowy power coming out of her hand. And there's a script rising both out of her secret stone and around her hand that looks very much like the script that seals Ganondorf in the future. And when Zelda pulls up her power... It's worth noting that she's putting out more power and light than Raru and Sonya put together. Yes. Like, it is an absurd amount. You can't even see her secret stone because it is so brilliant at the moment. And her fingers are only barely visible past the light of her power, which I think is part of And even when it pulls back, you can see that her orb of power is like four or five times the size of Sonya's. Or yes. Raru's. Easily twice as big as both of theirs combined. And Raru actually goes like, what the fuck? Looks over at Zelda for a moment before firing off the big beam of light. And he opens his third eye when he does that, revealing that it is, in fact, an eye and not just a decoration on his head. And it smokes the living shit out of all the Molduga, which makes all the biker Gerudo chicks be like, how is that even beginning to be possible? Because of Zelda's big time boost. <laughs> Zelda's... Big time boost. Seems to have done quite a lot. Man, then Molduga is dead. Wait, what, are they, are they like, accelerating his charging? Um, I think that you can probably just think of it as them giving him their energy. He's literally focusing their power and, like, taking their power and transforming it into more destructive light. Though, theoretically, they could be doing weird timey-wimey powers and holding the power there. For a weird amount of time to amplify it. Sure. There's lots of ways that it could work. Yeah. But the ultimate effect is that they're making his light much stronger. Yes. And our boy Ganondorf says, well, I see brute force isn't going to win this. And then he looks over at the light 
And he's got eagle eyes, so he can see Raru's secret stone. And he's like, hmm, isn't that interesting? A secret stone of the Zonai, he says, which establishes he knows what that is. <laughs> wait, it establishes that he knows what the secret stone of the Zonai are. Yeah. But he didn't know that Rauru had one? This might be the first time that Rauru ever openly used one where other people could see it. Okay. I love... Figured, <laughs> Go ahead. I figured that the, the, the Zonai King of Hyrule would not have one of the secret stones of the Zonai. Well, you've got to confirm that sort of thing, right? Okay. Or maybe they're just... He's, he's read about it, but they were more inaccessible uh, because they were secret and hidden. But they're not anymore. They sure aren't. Um, I love that this is the return of scholar Ganondorf, who, in addition to being a giant, you know, masterfully powerful person, also does a lot of research about secret relics and shit. Yes. Very in keeping with the Ocarina of Time version of the character. Because as Ganondorf knows about the secret zone, he even knows about the story about draconification, because there's no other chance for him to learn it in the future. Right. He knows secret knowledge that is only known to Mineru in this time, which means that he is a scholar of the Zonai. He knows more about Raru than Raru does, which is pretty in keeping with Ganondorf's characterization. Hey, you two, um, real quick question, uh, might have timeline implications. What do you make of the fact that Zelda has so much power compared to mom and dad here? Uh, it's kind of like uh, when you're making stock, and it just gets better <laughs> over time. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. I Each generation wondering. is just you reduce the stock, then you add some more water. Mm. And by the time you get to Zelda's generation, it's super good. <laughs> I see. I-, I wondered if it was an aspect of her Triforce, which might still be with her, or her divine Hylia powers and blood, which might also be within her, but not within Sonya. The only time we ever see Sonya surprised is when she notices Zelda's power here, either the intensity of it or the nature of it. No other time in the past is Sonya ever surprised by anything. I mean, kind of at, at her... her uh... No, not even then. A little bit. But the, the point of what I'm getting at is... I think that the secret sauce that she has, the extra ham bone in the stock, I think that she, being Zelda, may have the power of Hylia innate to her where Sonya doesn't. Yeah. Okay. My idea is that the priestesses of Hylia, much like the Sheikah monks of 10,000 years ago, can be granted the sight of Hylia, the ability to peer through time. But that power to destroy evil, which Hylia invests in the Master Sword as the final blessing, is something that is in the blood of Hylia, which I do not think Sonya possesses. Crystal, are you still here? We had yeah, a weird Skype. Here. Okay, there was a Skype blip just now. So I, I want to hear your two thoughts on the idea that maybe it's Hylia's power that was... Uh, creating that difference. Okay. Um, so Zelda has the power of Hylia, but she also has other powers, right? Sure, yes. go on. <laughs> let's let's try to uh, list them all. We got Hylia. Mm-hmm. We've got 
the light force. Okay, but that's just Hylia. Well, maybe. Maybe. Oh, fuck's sake. She's got the Triforce. Yep. I don't she's think got... she has the Triforce right now. Why not? Because that she's not oh, the one. Oh, we did who, talk about that. She's not the one who has it in this time. Right. Fair enough. She's got the um the 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 ceiling power. Which is basically Hylia's power or the Triforce. I know. Okay. I just find it really strange because they acknowledge that Zelda has this mysterious power to to seal but it is also akin to what they say about Raru's power of light and what's going on in the shrines that they purify and dispel evil. So is it that different? Is it just so much stronger in Zelda and it's an order of magnitude or what I would go I ahead. think my assertion is that she does not just have one extra hand bone in the stock. She has like seven extra hand bones in the stock. <laughs> Well, what I was trying to get at is that the time of Sonya and Raru might predate the introduction of the blood of the goddess into mortal lines. It would be surprising to Sonya if that was the case. But it could also be that Sonya has the blood of the goddess, and this is as far as that takes her. But after hmm. a thousand generations of Zelda's add seven more hand bones to the stock, this is what you get. <laughs> Now, look, Crystal, you and I both know that the light force is explained by the blood of the goddess. That's what Skyward Sword was about. Fujibayashi going back and being like, no, this is what those stories had. A year ago, I would have agreed with you, but here we are. What changed? Tears of the kingdom. Yeah, what We're, changed? I understand that you're you're presenting this as evidence for the theory that this is before the blood of Hylia. yeah. I'm just saying there are other ways to interpret it. All right. Yeah, I think we can be open to that. We'll just, we need to recap at the end of the theories that we can think of. Where do we see ourselves landing? Before we get to the start of the game, we'll have to place the past in the time. <laughs> this is what I suggest. Okay. How do you feel about that, Crystal? Yeah. Okay, so have we got another Chamberlain or? We are going to the Ocarina of Time memory. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Hey, Crystal, remember how you mentioned those two masked Gerudo behind Ganondorf? Mm-hmm. Oh, here they are again. Yeah, the twin Rova, right? Well, I mean, that's I wasn't going to jump straight into that, but yes. <laughs> Absolutely. They are um, olive-skinned, not in the sense of olive like people from the Mediterranean, but olive as in they are green. The green olives. The gr they are colored like green olives, and they wear golden masks. And it is worth bringing up that Ganon's weapons all have Kotake and Koome written on them. Because he loves his moms. He loves his moms. Um, this is Hyrule Castle, Zonai edition. Okay, let's... Just <laughs> we can only see the inside of this. Let's try to see what's out the windows to see if we can place this. <laughs> yeah, I also did the same. As Ganon is kneeling, you can see a window to his right. Is that the Temple of Time in the window? It looks an awful lot like the Temple of Time. Okay. It looks like the particular, uh, some layer of the uh, roofery on a pagoda or something, which looks a lot like the Temple of Time. Yes, but to be fair, a lot of Zonai roofs are kind of that way. So it could be part of the castle. It could be part of the Temple of Time. This could be in else. the same place as the latter-day Temple of Time. If that is the case, yes. it kind of seems like this is on a hill and standing above the Temple of Time. 
That yes, that does seem to be yeah. the case. So where could that be? I mean, it's lifted up into the sky later. Uh, the castle just disappears. Yeah, the castle just it's gone. We can only assume that it was destroyed in the battle with the Demon King. Uh, there's that unique stained glass window behind them, and I just can't piece together what it's supposed to be. Except for that, there kind of looks like there's a sword at the bottom. Has anybody translated what those banners say? Not that I know of. Okay. We have the uh, same. Go ahead. Yeah, I would say the stained glass window seems to be non-representational art. Hmm. Mm. I could buy that. We have the same uh, sky blue champions banners. And I do want to note that here in this shot, Raru's throne is a little bit higher than Sonya's. But it might just be that it was <laughs> it's copy pasted and scaled bigger. But that has an implication for royalty. It does, yes. Yes, it definitely, Rauru is the primary monarch. This is from a time when kings came first in Hyrule. Irk. That's another bit of evidence that it is pre-Blood of Hylia. Hmm. And also, Zelda's standing next to him. Like some kind of little tiny advisor. <laughs> also, his legs are so short that when he's sitting down, he's basically the same height as when he's standing up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sonya, you can tell, is sitting down. Raru, mm, it's not clear. That may be why he has the higher seat. He had to get a booster on there, like Richu. Okay, Crystal, tell, tell us what happens in this memory, and then we can go back and do a shot-by-shot -shot analysis. Ganondorf kneels to Raru, offers his deepest apologies for trying to do a Molduga invasion. <laughs> That's not what he says. That's not what he says. <laughs> He's not even sorry about that. Offers his deepest apologies for taking so long to accept your repeated invitations. It yeah. is our desire to be accepted into the protective embrace of your kingdom to serve it faithfully. Oh, just this, the repeated invitations part, like, Waru has reached out to the Grudo several times and said, hey, join us. Join us. You're be welcome. You're invited. Be part okay. of the kingdom. Well, swear you know, fealty. <laughs> to be fair... That's not that's not as uh, innocent as it appears to be, I don't think. No, we're not implying oh, no. that it's innocent, Crystal. What, that isn't what we this mean. This is hostile. <laughs> it is very much a... It is an attempt to have a bloodless but still hostile takeover of surrounding territories. Yes. He's doing so Ganon's colonialism. So off. In point of fact, that is part of why Ganon's so pissed off. He's doing a colonialism. A welcome appeal, Ganondorf. I will accept your vow of fealty to the kingdom of Hyrule, says Raru. But what would a god know about relating to people, I wonder? He doesn't notice how hard Ganondorf is staring at that secret stone. And then he looks over at Zelda's secret stone. And then he looks over at Sonya's secret stone. I love that. That's what Ganondorf is doing with his time. <laughs> hey, by the way, I thought we had left this shit behind but raru says i understand that a single male is born to the gerudo every 100 years <laughs> before that before that i know that he's looking at the secret stones which are not very hidden at all no but <laughs> it does look like yannon is just staring at their boobs <laughs> yes it does look like he's just staring at their boobs He's kind of leering at the women. But no, he's from like a group of exclusively women. Yeah, it's like, what are boobs to him? There's boobs everywhere. He's surrounded by them constantly. So if you were a Hyrulean, you might not know, but he's scoping out those stones. 
receiving such an appeal from you, a hero to his people and a king by birth. As opposed to a... It is interesting that he recognizes Ganondorf as a hero to his people, which implies that some measure of the loyalty that Ganondorf commands isn't based just on his birth, but on his deeds. I do also find it funny he's saying a king by birth, as opposed to me who just, you know... Announced it. Announced a king by announcement. So I think it's really... The bit where he stares at Sonya's boobs is doubly interesting as compared to everyone else's boobs. Um, (laughs) Why? And that, one, she's the only one where he goes, that one. That's the one I'm going to look at the face. And she still has this knowing smile when she looks at him. And she's like, I know what you're thinking. Why doesn't he target Zelda? Uh, he he's not, he's not blind. He saw that light. He's like, no, I'm not fucking with that one. She had the biggest Kamehameha. She had the biggest Kamehameha. Fair. And then we get a double zoom in. Like, he's really staring. A hero to his people and a king by birth. That appeal is truly reassuring. And then Ganondorf smiles his little smile and lowers his head. And it is very much Ocarina of Time all over again. That's great. This is Ocarina of Time, but this time the Gerudo really are evil. Well, (laughs) hold on. I don't know that the Gerudo as a people are evil here, but Ganondorf is no more evil here than in Ocarina of Time. Up until this point, I'd say much less Gandorf did nothing wrong. Uh, no, until he no, did no, something no, no, wrong. no. I'm cu- I'm cutting I'm cutting that out. Okay. Fine. Let me rephrase. And this one, the Gerudo really do largely follow Ganondorf. That's very true. Which At wasn't least really the case in Ocarina. Well, they do refer to him as a god in Ocarina. They do follow him largely in Ocarina, aside from Naboru, until she gets brainwashed, and then everybody's like, Oh yeah, Gandorf's second in command, Naboru. Yeah. Loyal to him. I th- I find Ganondorf's description of the Zonai uh, compelling. So I'll just read it off. When your Zonai ancestors first descended upon these lands long, long ago, they must have seemed to be gods. And now you rule as king and have taken a Hyrulean woman as your wife. Did uh, he mean Hylian there? No, he meant Hyrulean. He says Hyrulean in I, Japanese, I too. Know. So it's like he, he he's referring to them as the name of the kingdom. Okay. And taking a Hyrulean woman as your wife, your majesty has certainly risen above your admirable lineage. Most impressive. It is unfortunate that the noble Zonai no longer grace this world with their presence. And I think it's of note that this slow camera pan from this low angle also highlights Ganondorf's sword. Yeah. All except you and your sister. That is. Did he kill the other Zonai? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't th- th- think. But there is definitely a menacing tone going on there, right? What do you think of that, Crystal? Uh, I read the menacing tone of that as there ain't gonna be no more Zonai when I'm done with you two. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, but I, I also go like a step further. Like maybe he. Maybe he killed the other ones. And Raru understands that there is an implicit threat mm-hmm. and goes like, look, even if I die, my kingdom and the peace it brings, these will endure for generations. Don't worry about it. Gosh, they don't have shoes. No. Sonya walks around completely barefoot. Zelda's wearing sandals, which is probably pretty standard for the time since Link also wears sandals in the ancient garb. Yeah. It's, they're just rocking their bare feet. What is it that you used to say, Crystal? Barefoot is legal? Barefoot is legal, yes. 
And Sonya's out here proving it. I just like that Robert's like, it doesn't matter if I die. The kingdom will endure anyway. And Gandor just really grins at that one. He's like, yeah, all right. And the two kings just sort of fucking stare at each other. And Raru says to Ganondorf, the king of the Gerudo, you may leave. Yeah. Gandorf was allowed to keep his sword with him. Of course. I mean, considering that he brought on 20 Malduga some, some recent time ago is... Uh... I mean, what's a sword supposed to do against these people? Sure. Ganon has kind of a samurai aesthetic in this game, which gives us a kind of like samurai versus Emperor Meiji vibe. Yeah, a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Hey, what do we make of the fact that Ganondorf's running around with Twin Rova? They, you know, I guess this confirms that Twin Rova can live to be a million years old. You think these are the same Twin Rova? I don't. No? I think that Twin Rova, and I may have posited this before in the past, that Twin Rova is the name of the wise women of the Gerudo tribe who study certain of the dark arts. Okay. Like, they are just twins, and these twins... Maybe they are trained in the dark arts, and if they reach a certain level of mastery, they become Twin Rova. They tap into the Twin Rova spirit. Or maybe it's one woman who taps into the Twin Rova spirit and becomes two women. So you you don't think this is literally the Ocarina of Time? I do not think that this game is set 400 (laughs) years before Ocarina of Time, no. (laughs) Oh, that's right. They were given the age of... Well, they lie about their age. Yeah, Yeah, but they go from 400 to 380 (laughs) <laughs> so why not 400 to 40,000? I I guess. 400 but, of the 10,000. But I mean. Yeah, 400 centuries. You know what? I would almost buy that. <laughs> I really would. But I kind of like the idea that Twin Rova is a title rather than a name. But they are also still named Kotake and Kome. Well, we don't know that they're named Kotake and Koome. Actually, those are just the names inscribed on Ganondorf's weapons. So even those could be titles. It's worth noting that Kotake and Koome don't sound anything like other Gerudo names. Like, at all. Yeah. That's true. It's because like, they come from a much different age. The, and even in that age, Kotake and Koome doesn't sound like Naburu or Ganondorf. Well, that's what I'm saying. We don't know the names of the ancient Gerudo. Well, we know at least one. And it's Ganondorf. Well, Ganondorf is, could be, I think. Well, what, what I mean is Crystal's positing is Ganondorf could be more recently come than Kotake yes. and Kome. Kotake and Kome could be in this scene a thousand years old. True. So they could come from a version of the Gerudo who have completely different phonemes making up their language. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Well, that, that would make a certain amount of sense to me. And it, I will put it down as a possibility. I just want to also register as a possibility that they aren't the same women. That it is like either a spirit that they inherit or a title that they grow into over time. Though if it is the same and they're 380 centuries, when they say years, they mean centuries. Sure, I'm all about that. Cool. <laughs> That really makes it impressive that Link killed them. Yeah. I, I I can only assume that most of the time they don't fight. And I guess that explains why they go to heaven, because they're so old that it, it's fine. It's fine. It's like <laughs> the arbiters, the, the bargainers see them coming through and they're like, it's fine. Send them on. It's like if a 93-year-old man wants to bring a bomb to the airport, it's fine. It's fine. I, I, given the collective years they have lived... The scale of evil is outbalanced by the scale of good they've contributed, maybe? 
It's like they've, <laughs> they, they spend like maybe 200 years total doing evil shit and the other 39,800 years just like running orphanages and making sure that all the Gerudo girls are getting on okay and like that. Right. I mean, they're the secret leaders of the Gerudo people. It's like that fable mechanic you described, Crystal. Exactly. Yes. We only see them on their worst years. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Who can say what they're like in the other times? I, th- the other reason that I like the idea that Twin Rova is a title is that fuck Vati, fuck Zant, fuck everyone else. If I had to pick one villain who's not Ganondorf to make an appearance again in the series, it would be Twin Rova. Maybe in the DLC. I would love to see the witches again. Well, how about this? I'm talking about Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity 2. Okay. Link travels back in time to join Ganondorf's side in this Boshin War. He's gonna he's gonna become Tom Cruise, the last Gerudo. Oh my god. Take down King Raru. <laughs> I am going to shit. Go on. Well, that's it. That's my idea. Because Link would ally with Ganondorf. Who did nothing wrong until he did something wrong. I wish you'd stop saying that. What? I was, I, we're trying to save it for the right moment. Is this not the moment? No. Okay. When is the right moment? It, when he does the, I'm going to genocide everyone. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, I think we can declare it now. Okay. Uh, I, yes, Monica and I would like to register, and I'm sure, Crystal, you will agree that up to this moment, Ganondorf has done nothing wrong. Yeah. Except for his evil heart, of course. (laughs) No, that's not doing something wrong. He may also have caused the monsters that needed sealing across the kingdom, so it's not impossible that he was already doing incursions against Hyrule, but... Those are reasonable responses to gods saying that they're going to take over your people. Yeah, Gandorf did nothing wrong until he did something Something wrong. wrong. At this point, even if he has bad thoughts, Crystal, bad thoughts don't mean bad action. Mm, that's not what Zelda and Raru say. <laughs> well, why don't you tell me what Zelda and Raru say to close okay. out this scene? Because this dialogue knocked me on my ass, so I want to make sure I read it exactly. Please. King Raru, Zelda speaks. I believe that man's heart holds many dark ambitions. Just his name, even that, it gives me pause. Which I guess is the only, one of the few references in this game that he has the same name as Ganon. Yeah, it's sh- yeah, yeah. I think that that's probably the most reasonable thing Zelda says. Like, you know, his name is Ganon. <laughs> Ganondorf, like Ganon. Because if we interpret it any other way, that's 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 such a out of pocket thing for Zelda to say. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so out of pocket? Because that's just his name. That's what <laughs> she just has a name from a different culture. Yeah. But, I mean, like, she does exist in the context where she fought the Calamity Ganon for 100 years. Yes. An evil that has been coming back to, to torment Her Hyrule people again for 10,000 plus. And Rauru responds, I am well aware of his evil nature. For that reason and others, I want him close. It would be easier to keep an eye on him. Which I think is a foolish plan, personally. They know what they say about enemies. You yeah. should bring them within stabbing distance. <laughs> yes. Um, this is a better warning than the man with the evil eyes. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> you guess so, huh? So what, t- t- tell me about how hard you were knocked on your ass and why. Because they, they're redoing Ocarina and are making it more racist. 
Oh, is it more racist? Because now they've contrived a reason for Zelda to say that his name sounds evil. I don't know if that's a contrivance. I think the contrivance is that she doesn't grab Raru by the fucking lapel and just go, that guy is Ganon. His name is Ganon. And and notably, she doesn't talk about that weird corpse thing that kind of looks like this guy. That guy looks that- like the corpse thing named Ganon. <laughs> that that spoke of Raru. Like, at this point, I would collectively say, let's piece that together. I think what's actually happening here is that Zelda's like, okay, but he looks like the... But, oh god, if I say this, am I racist? Am I being racist if I say that this guy looks a lot like Ganon? And that his name... Oh god, oh jeez, oh. But don't worry, Raru confirms that she's not being racist by saying his name is evil. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, if you name a kid Ganondorf... You're you're putting some shit on them. It's just name. But from Ganondorf's perspective, that doesn't make any sense. He hasn't done shit yet. No, he Allegedly. hasn't done anything. Anything. Except for all the monsters, which probably are him. That nothing has been proven. <laughs> and also, if he did do that, it's justified. <laughs> because what it allowed him to do was get was to figure out here's what I think happened. I think that he fielded those monsters to get a feel for how strong Sonya and Raru are working together. Yeah. And he decided, okay, and if we bring this many Moldugas, we can overwhelm them. Yes. And then Zelda was there and threw everything out of whack. Yeah. At least to get the, the new kingdom to back a fuck off. Yes. He is ultimately trying to fight for the independence of his people, at least up to that point. He doesn't plan to do anything else until he sees the Secret Stones. Secret Stones that they wear openly all the time. Yes. I mean, he's never seen them. As we pan out here, there is a second stained glass, and it's a lotus. It is definitely a lotus up near the top of the chamber. Oh, that's true. A lotus, much like the closed lotus that is the uh, lamp and earring and just general repeated motif for the Zonai. Also, uh, everyone in this shot is wearing sandals except for Raru and Sonya. It's their house. It's their house. They can be barefoot. Okay, so now what are we doing, Monica? We're on to memory eight. Oh, okay. It's a gazebo. It is a gazebo. Probably it? on the Great Plateau. Um, yeah, this actually looks like it could be... This This looks very close to where Rome's cabin is in the future. So, again, close to the castle and the Temple of Time. Yes, that would make sense. Crystal, tell us about this scene. Zelda actually accidentally knocks over a bowl, but don't worry. Sonya has the recall power. She does have the recall power. So she catches it before it breaks and then it goes back to the table. And uh, she notes that Zelda seems a bit distracted, and Zelda says that she's lost in her thoughts. She keeps thinking about how to get back home, and maybe if she could learn time power just like uh, just like Sonya has, then she'd be able to do it. And she explains the mechanism behind the recall power, which is to think of it like drawing out the memory of an object. You ask the object where it was, how it arrived where it is now, and then you coax it back to that original moment in time. I think it's worth noting that it shows the eye of Hylia while she's caressing the cup here. Yes. It's suggesting that this is what Hylia does. At least to some degree. And she says she believes that if Zelda just keeps practicing, she'll get it and she'll get home. Yeah, she'll be, she'll be able to propel herself friggin' 100,000 years into the future. No problemo. Um, I... One of the little touches, there's two little touches in this transition shot where we see Sonya here and we get a real clear shot of the Triforce and the Eye of Hylia on her arm. Two touches in this shot that I really like. 
One is that Raru is just sitting back there being absolutely a piece of furniture. <laughs> the women don't even acknowledge him for this bit. <laughs> and the other is that the fruit platter is actually uh, wild berries and apples, including a golden apple. So it's not just like a bunch of uh, assets that were created just for this. They're just shrunk down assets from the actual game. Oh, there's more on Zelda's mind than just the future, though. So Sonya. She, has, she doesn't just want to get home. She also wants to help them out with their problems in this time. Yes. Oh, they, do they have the same color eyes? I think they do. Yeah, they do. Okay. And Robert finally chimes in. <laughs> you can't keep anything secret from Sonya. It's like she just knows everything before I even talk. That's a classic husband joke. Yes, that is, that is probably the least toxic possible uh, uh, heterosexual joke. I do also like that it's like, you're worried about us, and Sonya tells her, but listen, worry about your own problems and leave our problems to us. You can focus on yourself, and that's all right. And it's like, wow, a mom. You can focus on... So- Sonya says something very interesting here. After all, you possess more than power over time. You have a sacred power that can dispel evil, which she doesn't say light. I know that's basically what light does, but that's not what she says. No, she uses very close to the same phrasing that Hylia Zelda uses to describe the last blessing she gives the Master Sword in Skyward Sword. Yes. Yes. It's just very strange because... Yeah, that's just what light power does. Yes, but she she's framing it in a specific way. I know, way it's not. That's it's understood not, that. not by Zelda or by Raru, but by us. Yeah, and she foreknowingly says that both of these powers will help you protect your own era. Okay, now also we learn here that Sonya knows about Link. Of course, you must make it home safe to put Link's mind at ease. And Raru's like, Link? Why haven't I heard about this boy? <laughs> And it's like, oh, I was telling mom about him. Gushing about her crush. Her crush? Her, her crush boyfriend? That she, she shares a home with? <laughs> uh, we, we don't know that yet. We haven't gotten to that point in the There's chronology. only one bed. Well, we'll, 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 <laughs> Share the home with one bed? We'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> Monica loves to say crush, though. Well, I don't know what this is. We don't know, says Monica. Monica, the biggest Z-linker in history, being like, ah, who knows? Well, when you when you are with someone very concretely, I don't know if you would necessarily talk uh, about them like this. Like, if somebody was to ask Cameron who is Cameron, I'd say Cameron's great, <laughs> but also a jerk. Oh. <laughs> okay. What a thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't just be like, blush, blush, you know, tell me about your... your, your she talks about him as if she's still infatuated with a crush. A little bit. It's not familiar. She's still in the throes of the strongest emotional time of romance. Yes. Zelda has a little makeup under her eyes that are like a little white tears under each eye. Yes. Yes. But from this lighting, from this angle, it just makes her look like she's blushing so hard that her skin <laughs> is reflective. Yes. Yeah, that, that, I think that fits. And apparently in different language translations, um, the teasing in this is a lot more apparent than it is in English, where Raru and Sonya keep referring to Link as her Link. Ah. 
I sent you a Tumblr. Oh, that's great. I'm yeah, happy. like and and Latin American, Spanish, and German in particular. It's very clear that these two are teasing their daughter about her boyfriend. Yes. Oh, a hero is he? And she's like, oh, jeez. He's great, mom and dad. I think that in a lot of ways, one of the things that I've heard people say about these memories is that they don't like how the memories feel less focused compared to Breath of the Wild's memories. Like, Breath of the Wild's memories really zeroed in on the particulars of one relationship. And that makes me think that I'm going insane, because for the past six years, I've been hearing people talk about how they hate how Breath of the Wild's memories repeat themselves. Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) Different people are speaking up, probably. Yeah, I mean, that's bound to be, but still... The weird, slightly uncomfortable part I have about the memories is the part where we go, let's talk about Link and how great he is. Oh, yeah, Link, he's fantastic. And, like, we'll see this with a later memory. It's like, you'll know this guy Link's coming around. And it's like, you don't need to talk me up. I'm going to beat his face in. Well, that's why they have to talk you up. I guess. And Raru sees that Zelda has absolute faith in Link. And it's like, huh, well... If he's so cool, I think I'd like to meet him. And she's like, Dad! And Sonia wants to meet him, too. For different reasons. So, I, I, I like this, just because it's a very domestic sort of scene. It's I don't think we really get any other scenes like this in the entire Zelda series. No, not really. No, no. It's, it's, it's very unique. The key pivotal line here that is why it's featured, though, is that it, it's... The line where Zelda has that additional power of sealing evil. Yes. Oh, I don't know if that's the whole reason, but... It's featured in the flashbacks of this moment. As we pan out, we see a construct with a water hydrant watering the flowers, and it's very cute. That is very cute. Rauru's hair is clipping through the floor. (laughs) Oh my god, let me double check. It's super clipping through the floor right at the tips. That's hilarious. Well, no helping it. That's just how long his hair is. We didn't. Uh, we don't see it in this scene, but I didn't mention it before. In the shots of Death Mountain in the past, it's got a more traditional donut cloud. Isn't that pretty close to how it looks in Breath of the Wild, though? No. Breath of the Wild, it looks like an actual plume. Well, let me see. Oh, I see. Okay, you're saying that it looks like the Ocarina of Time. Donut. Donut. Which would mean that that's how Death Mountain looks when it's active. So this is during an active period in Death Mountain's history. Mm. That's interesting. Okay, so what are the big things we take away from this memory? Link's great. And Zelda has a power. Okay, 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 okay. What's next? It's a Chamberlain account. Okay, read us the Chamberlain account, Monica. An ancient ghost story. This is Wordsworth's uh, classification. Of late have I heard it told a strange lady walks around the castle in dark, in the dark of night. She and Princess Zelda seem all twins too, but this one doesn't have light in her eyes, more alike a dead thing than not. When she is asked about these walks, Princess Zelda of that be remembering nothing. What monster or spirit of darkness be this vision? So afraid I am of my imaginings that I cannot sleep. What do we make of this, Crystal? This is my favorite character in the game, Phantom Ganon. Now, why is Phantom Ganon your favorite character? I like characters that don't have a soul, but they're able to act regardless. Oh, yeah. That's that's definitely what's going on with Phantom Ganon, at least in this one. Do you think that this is... There's one primary Phantom Ganon, right? Yes, one main saboteur. Like, there's, there's a bunch of Phantom Ganons across the game. But 
for this particular instance of Phantom Ganon who goes around tricking folks, that's one Phantom Ganon. I think they're all one Ganon. Oh, you think they're all the same one? Yeah. I wonder, though, because after... Did you ever sit through any of the uh, Bloodstained Moon cutscenes after killing Phantom Ganon in Hyrule Castle? Yes. And you noticed that there was no more narration? That's correct. But there are still Phantom Ganons out in the world. That's that right. Im- that implies to me that that specific instance of Phantom Ganon, the talky one, the thinking one, is dead. I interpreted that as she no longer needs to narrate this to trick Link. Yeah, it's quite possible Gandor's like, yeah, that's that approach isn't working. Uh, fair enough, I guess. But, yeah, I, I think I lean towards there being one key Phantom Ganon puppet, but there being others. But it could be either. Yeah, it, it's, it's not something that strictly requires anything. But by uh, this Chamberlain's account, I think this, again, is quite some passage of time. It's not overnight. There's a few sightings over a few nights of this weird apparition. How long do we think that Zelda has been in the past at this point? A year. Weeks, if not months. I think anywhere from months to a year makes a pretty good amount of sense. She's had a lot of time to study and learn about herself and get embroiled in fucking politics. She knows how to use recall. She does know how to use recall. That is true. Speaking of recall... (laughs) Crystal, tell us about this memory. Zelda has is meeting with Sonya because she wants to discuss something in private in the middle of the night. But she pulls out a knife and she's going to throw it at Sonya. But the real Zelda catches the knife with a recall and reveals that Zelda and Sonya already knew about this puppet phantom Ganon. Sonya does an ara ara. <laughs> does she do ara ara here? I don't. I, I don't think she to... actually does the RR when I... she finds Zelda. I... <laughs> Monica refers to the particular archetype of Sonya as RR lady. You know. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you two know because I'm still not completely sure. I love Puppet Ganon's little look and laugh. I like the little pout that it, it does when Sonya calls him a puppet of Ganondorf. It's so good. That's why she's my favorite character. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) We're not going to get to it for some time. God help me. (laughs) But Puppet Ganon stringing along Link is like... That's good shit. It's good shit. It's real good shit. Yeah, that, that look of uncaring, like that just blank uncaring look that Puppet Ganon gives when the knife is dropped in front of them, transitioning into the laugh as they dissolve. That's really good. And Zelda interposes herself bodily between Sonya and Phantom Ganon. And then what happened? Sonya, for all her knowing looks, she did not anticipate, or maybe she did, that the real Ganon would sneak up behind her and stab her. You know, based on the sound here, I don't think he actually stabs her. I think he just breaks her spine by hitting her. Oh, he does a bane. It's just, you, if you go back, you can hear that really loud bone crunching sound. Like somebody's doing a good, really hard. It's, it's like he's doing a chiropractic. <laughs> yes. And as Sonya is falling, her back broken and her eyes already falling shut as she descends into unconsciousness, he catches the secret stone as it's falling. That's just fucking sick. I love that they animated it in this way so they didn't have to like show it falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or independent of the necklace. But also, it's just way cooler if he catches it just as it's about to start to fall. 
And then he's got it. And Zelda, she's so shocked by what's happened. She doesn't think about using recall to reverse the murder. I no. What? I don't think that's possible. You don't think it's possible? You can't recall living things. Why not? I mean, Zelda's never learned to do it. Yeah, that's why we can't do it. Okay. And Sonya doesn't talk about doing it. She talks about doing it with objects. I think somebody with full time powers could do it. Okay, well, no, Zelda definitely doesn't. Well, she think doesn't. Yeah, okay, okay. No. Okay, okay. She definitely doesn't. Fine. That no, I was talking about. She doesn't think about trying to put herself between Ganondorf and Sonya. Oh. She's so so shocked that she goes straight to Sonya, and Ganondorf looks like a fucking red oni ass demon ogre as he realizes that he's won. <laughs> His laugh is so well animated. It is terrifying. <laughs> I've read a Tumblr post by someone who who knows about animation and, and, and visual graphics and how, like, this is straining the polygons. Like, it is right on the edge of tearing his head's model in half. Yes, you can tell that they're stretching it much further than they usually would. And of note, uh, from this same Tumblr post, we'll have to look up later who it was, is that Ganondorf's facial shape here is a lot like... A traditional depiction of a red oni's mouth. That's true, yeah. Because he is very much an oni in this game, just like he's been building towards since, like, Wind Waker. You know, he's using this moment to just laugh evilly into the sky. He he could just try to kill Zelda at this point. No, he wins. It's over. I guess so. He doesn't have to kill Zelda. He has a secret stone now. Also, um, okay, this is where it really needs, needs to be said. Up to this point... Ganondorf has done nothing wrong, inclusive of this moment. (laughs) You think it's fine for him to assassinate the queen? Yes. Okay. I mean, look at it from the perspective of someone who is trying to protect the sovereignty of his people. And against against, godlike powers. Against godlike powers. People with time control. What he did was he determined the person that he was most capable of taking that godlike power away from and took it. And if that means there's nothing, (laughs) it's never immoral to kill a king or a queen. (laughs) We have a pause from Crystal here. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's the end of the memory, right? Yes, it is the end of the memory. (laughs) But what do you think about that assertion that up to this point, Ganondorf hasn't actually done anything wrong? Sure, I guess so. I mean, you've argued before up to this point that their reaction to him was deeply uh, racist and prejudiced so surely in his reacting in this way on behalf of his sovereign people who were in the process of being taken over by the hyruleans surely this is a justifiable course of action yeah sure i'm glad we all agree <laughs> i agree i'm just not enthusiastic <laughs> of the book of Midora. oh i see for you it's not worth enthusiasm because it's like well duh it's more just like Yeah, I guess that's fine, but it's not... I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's moral, you know? It's acceptable. It's at least neutral. I would not say... It's at least neutral. I would say he has not done anything worth condemnation yet. Yeah, I agree. I would not condemn the hero of one's people for assassinating a kingdom's head when they are trying to take over your shit. Yeah. I I have respect for his technique. Yeah. Straight on to Memory 10. Okay. Crystal, tell us about Memory 10. It begins immediately after the end of the previous memory. Ganondorf turns away from the grieving Zelda to look at his newly acquired secret stone. I guess they're in the castle. 
Yes. And the, the time power drains out of it, and he fills it instead with darkness. And it gets bigger and bigger because there's just too much darkness for its original size to contain. The character is darkness. Yes. After it finally soaks up all the darkness, it goes into Ganondorf's forehead, where his classic jewel usually is. And he transforms into the Demon King. He feels his power surging. This is the first appearance of gloom particles. Oh, it is. Historically, the first gloom. Though when Phantom Puppet Ganon was disappearing, it was kind of reddish glowing, too. Oh, that's true. Yes. Uh, Well, not to this degree. Not to this degree. Also, this is, to my understanding, the first appearance of uh, the Blood Moon. Yes. Because the impression that I get here as Ganondorf transforms and the Blood Moon rises is that he has actually changed the nature of the universe around him, including the moon. He's just that evil. He's just that evil. Has he done anything wrong yet? No. I mean... Not yet. (laughs) Remember, bad thought isn't the same as bad action. The blood moon. Yeah. And go on, Crystal. Continue describing. Yeah, he transforms into the Demon King. He has big flaming hair, and he has horns, and he looks super evil. He looks like Satan the Devil as the blood moon rises behind him. And he's devoured by an evil tornado, and Zelda looks on with horror. Right. And he summons monsters all over Hyrule. He does. He loves summoning monsters. It's probably... She's probably freaking out, because she... The blood moon means a lot more to her than to anyone else. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I would say at the point of spawning all the monsters is where Gandorf is doing wrong. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Cameron? We don't know yet. What do you think? Lionels have appeared. Yeah, Lionels aren't good. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not, uh, what do you say? I'm not, uh, I'm not endorsing his course of actions here. They're evil. Roar runs into the stubby legs. Oh, God. Stubby little legs. (laughs) Oh, let's see it again. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Why are his legs so small? His proportions are a lot like Mipha, actually. Yeah. And Ganondorf says, you are too late, Raru. You took for granted the godlike power you had in your hands. And Raru doesn't like it. Do you see now the potential you squandered? And Raru gently, gently lays Sonya on the ground before turning to face Ganondorf. As for her, she is merely the first victim of your arrogance. It's like, oh, no. You try to control me, Raru, and you will die knowing that you failed. And I think that's really the entirety of the conflict between these two factions lined up like this. Raru took his dominion for granted. Only his kingliness. His kingliness, his godhood, his power. He's a righteous guy, but he thought that that gave him the necessary authority to rule over the people around him. And, and that everybody would happily give fealty to him. Until he ran into the one motherfucker who was like, you realize you don't have moral authority over me, right? I think that's why he chose to kill just Sonya, so he could just gloat about killing this guy's wife. That might be wrong. That might be a wrong thing. I I like angry Raru here, just in terms of his appearance, because his... He's bearing his fangs. He actually bears his fangs. His mouth warps backwards as he shows his teeth. His third eye opens, showing that he's ready to have a fucking fight. 
And he's just about to attack Ganondorf before Zelda calls him off. Sonya doesn't need him, though. Sonya's dead. <laughs> Ganondorf hits him with the evil Kamehameha. Like killing, like getting Link, too. Yes. Same stream of... Whatever. What are you talking about? That hasn't happened. <laughs> Which will be like how he acts in the future. Yes. This does happen more than once. Hey, Crystal, you notice something about Raru's shield of light that he throws up to keep from getting smoked by Ganondorf here? What should I notice about it? It is the exact same light shield that Mineru's construct body uses when you press block while riding it in the future. Yes. That's true. It has the Ultra Hand symbols on it. It does. And here we have the passing line of why Mineru said that she could get the warping active. And Zelda warps away Raru, Sonya, and herself. And Ganondorf is like, damn it. Wait, damn. <laughs> I laughed when I saw this. <laughs> why? <laughs> she just warps out of a boss fight just like I do. Yes. Yay. Absolutely. It's like, I ain't dealing with this. I'll come back later. Where do they go? I guess he sees the castle. I think he seizes the castle here. Yeah. I like that Ganondorf at first is angry that they got away, but then he just reflects on his power and he's like, you know what? Doesn't even fucking matter. He even nods to himself as he turns around. Something about the way that he's animated here looks really good. Also, his hair is much longer. Yes. And he looks like Satan the Devil. He has two Oni horns sticking out of his head. Yes. His eyes have changed. His hair is longer. And he's looking out over Hyrule, walking through the lily pads as the blood moon shines overhead. And he's eaten ten crunchy chickens. Yes. What? <laughs> oh, in Fable, you can eat an evil food called crunchy chick, which is a chick that you just you just bite into like an apple. Like a live chick? Yes. Oh, gosh. That's pretty evil. Yeah. Yeah. And if you eat ten of those, you can go full evil. Okay, so he has had ten crunchy chicks. Yes. Okay. Just before we move on to the next memory, I would like to point out that the change that Ganon undergoes here with the horns coming out of his head, the long flowing hair, the being even more massive than he was before, it makes me think, or it's one of the things that makes me think, that we're not looking at Raru as he originally was. What do you mean by that? Well, just suppose that at some point in the past, Raru didn't, let's say, have horns growing out of his head. He looked more like his sister. Okay. Just, like, as a start. There's another thing. I really should have brought this up later. I should keep it under my hat until then. But suppose that Raru is like an ascended Zonai who has been given a different deific body by the power of his secret stone. So longer hair, horns. The third eye. The third eye. Yeah. And Mineru also has the third eye as a uh, consequence of her use of the secret stone or her mastery of it because they were powerful and not to the same degree as Ganondorf, but from the like same plane of reality as Ganondorf where the manifestation of that power changed their bodies. What about Sonya and Zelda? Yeah, Zelda is a god, so I don't know how much she could theoretically change. Like she was a god to start with. And Sonya could look different, I'm not sure. Or she may just not be that powerful in the grand scheme of things. Hers is more about sight than anything else. Is this why the sages wear masks? Oh, maybe. I don't think so, but maybe. That would be pretty cool. The reason you're positing this is because we see a third Zonai. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, you're right. I'll bring this up again when we see the third Zonai. Okay, I see. I know where you're going with this. I yeah. gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
We'll we'll get to it, right? We'll get to it. Okay, we'll get to it. So, are we, is there any other notes you wanted to make, Monica? No, not here. Anything that you wanted to say about this memory in particular, Crystal? Mm, no. Okay. Um, so straight into memory eleven, and I will admit this is where I have to put it down. All right. All right, Ganondorf's doing something bad here. <laughs> What's he doing that's bad? Okay, so he summons up a bunch of monsters, which we all agree, neutral at worst. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Neutral at best. Rise, rise, my servants, says he, as he summons into the white Lionels and the silver Lionels. Sweep over Hyrule with the power I have granted you. As he stands in front of the fucking Blood Moon, we get this really cool fucking... Helm's deep-ass shot of them riding up out of hell. And his fingers are sort of reflected by this these, like, mountainous structures. The, the mountains are his hand. Yeah. That is the coolest shot. And as he sends it out, he says, eliminate this kingdom and her allies. As he rides on the sickest fucking horse I've ever seen. What is seen. this horse? Well, that is sick is what it is. We only see the horse this once. It is to scale yeah. with Ganondorf the same way that the giant horse is to scale with Link. It's got a horn. It's got a giant, sick fucking saber horn. Eliminate this kingdom and her allies. Leave no survivors. And then I have to admit, when he says to commit a genocide against five people simultaneously, it's not the best. He may have done wrong here. Everybody makes mistakes. We're seeing him on his worst day. Four peoples. I don't think he's meaning to genocide the Gerudo at the moment. At the moment. Maybe? I don't know, man. (laughs) And I think you will both agree... Even though he's been a paragon of virtue up to this point, <laughs> maybe he went a little too far here. The mass okay. murder thing. I guess he really was evil. Yeah. Turns out he was evil all along. And the fact that Zelda happened to know about that, you know, well, everybody gets one sometimes, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's notable here. This is the Demon King as... We, somebody will utter in the future, not just a demon king, but the, the demon, demon king. king. So apologies to the Skyward Sword kitties. Uh, Gandorf has supplanted Demise. Uh, after being supplanted by Demise. Yes. Hey, Ganon's back, baby. Because Demise was described as a king of the demons. Yes. A demon king of a potential line of them. Yes. And now we have an origin. Now we have the origin of Demon Kings. Again. 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 New origin. Crystal, how do you feel about there being a new origin? <sighs> it's fine. <laughs> no strong feelings? I don't think this is significantly better or worse than the old origin. It's just different, it's just right? just different. It's just different. Yeah. I don't think that it's necessarily better or worse. I think that it has a lot... A lot more interesting mechanics to talk about, and we'll do that as soon as Ganondorf sealed away. We're going to have to talk about that. Hey, Monica, Crystal. Uh-huh. Now, Crystal, listen to this shit. Listen to this shit. You got to believe this. Mm-hmm. Before we started in, Monica says to me, I think that we're going to get to the end of the memories today. No, I said I don't think we're going to get to the end of the memories today. Can you believe Monica said that shit to me? I believe that she said that we wouldn't get to the end. <laughs> what did you, How far did you think we would get, Crystal? I thought we would get to about memory 12. Well, you really got knocked that one out of the park, didn't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> Do much, you t- like, uh, much like Sonya, I simply <laughs> you just <laughs> ask the object the way it remembers. <laughs> we are at the start of the imprisoning war. This is the beginning of the imprisoning war. That's right. One thing that I really enjoy about Tears of the Kingdom is that it's a redo of Ocarina of Time, but it's 
also a redo of Link to the Past. At its heart, this game is a spiritual successor to Link to the Past in the same way that the Breath of the Wild was a successor to the Hyrule Fantasy. And Skyward Sword. And Skyward Sword, yes. Um, so we've, we've gotten through about half the memories, and we haven't started on the gap between games, and we uh-huh. haven't started on the 10,000 years, and we haven't gotten to the five-year gap either. <laughs> so how about we go through one more memory and then a, a small number of emails, and we call it for this week. Okay. Is that, are, are you okay with this, Monica? Yes. Though, before we leave, I would like to look briefly at the memory after that, too. Okay, we can do two more memories, but we have well, to... Well, no, no, I think one is fine, actually. Okay, okay. Crystal, please take us through memory 12. Now, this is very interesting, because King Raoru has gathered all the sages. We just received word that the last free village in the Gerudo Desert has fallen. What does that mean? I guess not everyone was behind Ganon. Mm. I think that maybe along the lines of him summoning all the monsters, that's when you would reflect in, in the nature of monarchy. Yeah, I think that uh, the, the Gerudo, much like myself, saw the monsters and he was like genocide. And they went, you know, maybe not this one. Maybe he missed. Rare Ganondorf L, say the Gerudo. I'm sorry, please go on, Crystal. Rauru says the only hope is for him to defeat the Demon King. But he couldn't possibly do that alone. Luckily, he's not alone. You have the leaders of the Gerudo, Goron, Zora, and Rito. So I guess the Gerudo Sage is now the leader of the Gerudo. Much like Nibiru became the de facto leader of the Gerudo once Ganondorf fucked off into a castle. Yeah. And they're all wearing masks that are reminiscent of the Divine Beasts, which haven't been built yet. Yes. They are definitely in the shape of those Divine Beasts, Yes. And it's got the same sort of like jade. It's green. I'm sure that we'll talk about it when we actually get to the modern day sages, you know, in uh, fucking September. (laughs) Don't worry. These guys aren't that important. They don't have names or faces. That's true. But uh, Rauru decides to give them all secret stones. Where are we, by the way? That's a great question. Where are we? I think that we're actually in the Forgotten Temple. We sure are. And there's something missing. There is something missing. Crystal, do you see what's missing here in the Forgotten Temple? There ain't no statue of Hylia. There ain't no statue of Hylia. It's somewhere else. Like in the sky. Or potentially somewhere else. Or in the ground somewhere else. Or it hasn't been built yet. Yeah. Yeah. So we find the secret stone chamber. And the secret stones begin very big and they get smaller. As each of the leaders of their people take one for themselves. There's a Zora Queen. Supposedly leader. Yes. We're saying that she's a queen. Yes. Yes. The, the Zora are typically led by a monarchy, so that would make a Zora queen here. They all swear in their lives to serve Rauru, the King of Lights. That's an interesting title. That is very interesting. <laughs> it seems like even during this war, Rauru is only being glorified further and further. Well, I think that it's worth mentioning that he's entering into a much more modern version of Hyrulean royalty here, where what a Hyrulean princess ultimately or king or queen actually does is act as a defender of the realm rather than a ruler. Mm-hmm. It is an ideological war. Yes. Of light against darkness. Yes. 
it, it kind of slightly galls me that Zelda pledges to him. I mean, we don't see her do it. She's standing there, but she doesn't turn at the same time as the sages. And we don't actually see or necessarily hear her say the pledge. Do we hear her say it? We might. Gotta turn on the sound for a minute. Hmm. It kind of seems like she's saying it. Yes. Yeah, she's in there. It kind of galls me. I know that he's the original founder, supposedly, of your kingdom. But you're a monarch. Yes. Whatever that means. I mean, she does still serve the legacy of Hyrule. Yes. That's an oath that she took just by being born. What does it mean to say it again? Fair enough. But here, the last four sacred stones are passed out. So we have seven lined up on Raru's side versus one lined up on Ganondorf's side. What do we make of those masks, Crystal? Yeah, I have no idea what the deal with these masks are. I was baffled by this. Well. Why do they not have names or faces? I don't know. Maybe they're saving them for DLC. (laughs) I mean, if they make another Hyrule War, it seems like we're probably going to get another Hyrule Warriors just based on pattern recognition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could be fully named characters in that, but I don't know. They're all wearing white and gold. Yes. Very Zonai colors, I guess. Yeah. I think they didn't want to commit to a face. Yeah, I think that they're supposed to be like the ancient wise men of Link to the Past. Genuinely, to me, it feels like unfinished assets. Really? Yes. Because, I mean, they were made at very high fidelity for character models in this setting. That's true. For me, it feels like Nintendo's like, we don't need to design a face. We can design a mask and just keep those masks on. And also, we can have these masks equipable by the champions or the current day sages. And that's a neat little Easter egg. It does preserve a certain amount of mystique. I think it's just the, so their identity is as sages. Right. It's it's much more archetypal. Yeah. This is the first that we know of Zora or Grudo Sage. Or, or Gorn Sage. Gorn Sage. Which means that they far, far predate the ancient sages of Twilight Princess or Ocarina of Time even. Mm. But it's weird because they are mixed in with Mineru and Zelda. It is pretty weird. Why is that weird? Why wouldn't they all be uniform if they're supposed to be archetypical? Great question. I have no answers. I mean, Zelda <laughs> is still wearing white and gold. You know, like, I could see a thing with Mineru of like, oh, she's always wearing the mask. She has dehumanized herself in service of this noble destiny as a sage. They don't go that way. I mean, Mineru is definitely not wearing a mask here. She wears her yeah. mask in the future. Yes. I think that might be on purpose. I think it's weird. Like, Zelda came. They're not going to mask Zelda. Right. Zelda, oh, that'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. But also it would do, like, that impression you get where her oath of fealty is stepping a bit too far. I think her wearing a mask would take it even further. Yeah. It's weird to do half steps. I find it weird. Like, it was like, it had to be this all along Sonia had to die. There aren't two sages of time. Why did Sonia die? Even though she seemed to know everything. Well, she got her back broken. Okay. But why didn't she foresee this? I think she did. I think she foresaw the whole thing. Then why did she die? Well, if you have to choose between yourself and Zelda and Raru, your husband, who do you pick? I would pick Kill Ganon. That's what I would pick. What if that's not possible? Why wouldn't it be possible? Ganon's really hard to kill. Shoot a Kamehameha at him. 
I I think it's also possible that Raru doesn't really fully get stirred up to properly being Raru wouldn't be willing to just kill Sonya dies. Yeah. Yeah, he would okay. shake hands with Ganondorf all the way up to his wife being killed. Yeah. <laughs> so Sonya's like I need to make sure he watches me die so that he can kill Ganon because I need Ganon to die. What I would like to suggest is that Sonya didn't just foresee everything that takes place within the scope of her life. She foresaw everything. It's like she and Raru built all the temples of light, right? Okay. So yeah. or the shrines of light. And what's inside the shrines of light? Light. Right. But what do you need to do to get to that light? Puzzles. Puzzles, which can only be solved by using the powers of the Zonai and her time control powers. Mm-hmm. So she's going around with Raru, sealing up fucking Bacoblins and taking the evil power that lets them come back to life. And they're putting the light seal on top of it using Raru's power. And Raru's like, Sonia, honey, you sure are building a lot of extra stuff into this temple. And she's like, yeah, I want when people come and look at it to, for them to be able to appreciate the kind of work that was done here. And he's like, oh, I guess that makes sense. And so they keep on going. And he's like, gee, Sonia, this part sure can only be done if you're a uh, Zonai and have the power to move shit with your mind. And she's like, yeah, there should be some stuff built here for your people. And he's like, wow, I guess there should be some stuff here for my people. And then later on, when he's like, wow, Sonia, this part can only be done if somebody had your mastery over time. And she just kind of winks at him and he's like, oh, okay. So. And then in this one, uh, the, the person coming here will be stripped naked and have to test out a specific function. And he doesn't ask about that one. It only makes sense to him that someone would be stripped naked and then have to fight pirates or whatever. <laughs> But what I'm saying is that Sonya foresaw the need for a hero to undergo these trials to build up their strength. She knew everything that would happen in the future. Once the darkness sealed inside of those shrines was gone, the sacred light in it could be bequeathed upon whoever came to the shrines. To fix his arm. But they had to be gated in such a way that not everyone could get through it. Raru may not have been completely aware of it, but I think that Sonya was completely cognizant of what would happen on all the way through the events of Tears of the Kingdom proper. Did she foresee when Tortoise slipped and fell into the toilet <laughs> so that Link could get him toilet paper so that he could save Termina? Well, no, she foresaw Tortoise's wife killing him on the toilet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> but no, I, I, I genuinely think that Sonya, as a priestess of Hylia, had the sight of the goddess, much like the Sheikah monks, and that the mysteries of time to her were not mysteries. She was an actual initiate in the workings of the universe. So her perspective on it is much longer, um, much less selfish than a lot of other people's. She was, in many ways, a god walking, just in terms of how she saw the world. This was the only way to kill Ganondorf. I don't know if it was the only way, but it may have been the way that was most acceptable to her. It may have been the way that was communicated to her by Hylia. <laughs> she she does not use summons in Dark Souls. She insists on fighting solo. Yes. She's doing level one Dark Souls runs. Yes, because that's what Hylia says is the coolest thing to do. Gotta it just follow seems her grand like plan. there are easier ways. You would think that there are easier ways, but I'm not an oracle of the god, are you? This is a bigger plan than the Skyward Sword plan. Is it? 
Yeah. Yeah, kind of is. Hylia's has got her finger in a lot of places, in a lot of pies. Yeah. Every pie. Yeah, she has every iron in every fire simultaneously. She's just thinking about how cool Link will be when he finally kills Ganon. Yeah. Sonya's the only one who knows how cool Link will be when he kills Ganon. It really is the only way to explain why there are these very specific puzzles in these shrines. Yes. That's what I would like to suggest. How do you two feel about this idea that Sonya knew all along? I'm not saying you have to agree with me. I just want to get your takes on it. The shrines were definitely designed for Link. Right. And we see that they exist when Zelda first appears, which means that the shrines were extant before she ever came into the past. That was in the uh, the Chamberlain's accounts, too. Yeah. Which means Sonya also knew that Zelda would be coming from the future. Why did Sonya look so surprised when Ganon stabbed her? Or didn't stab her, but broke her back? I mean... I think you're allowed to have a look on your face when you get your back broken, regardless of if you saw it coming or not. I took that more as an expression of pain rather than one of shock. It is also possible, if we're talking about her just as a priestess of Hylia, she could have known about certain points of it, but then not realized that it would come with her own demise. I feel like that's really hard to miss. Wow. I think, and more than that, she also knows what has to happen to Raru. Yeah. She knows that the both of them will die. I mean, everybody's got to die at some point. Right. You don't think it's possible that someone could learn Ultra Hands, etc. through other means? Like if they were a Zonai or just a person? Well, they just studied magic. Like, could Ganondorf learn Ultra Hand? Why not? Maybe. Didn't happen, though. Didn't happen, that's true. It does require recall. In a lot of places. Yeah, and that one's a little bit harder to... The Yiga do not have Ultra Hands, but they are still able to manually build a lot of machines. That's they, so cute. They don't have shitty glue on it. I can only assume they use hammers and nails. <laughs> they do it the actual conventional so, I, I think I think the Yiga could solve most of the shrines. Given enough time, yeah. But you do need a Zonai arm to access them in the first place. Well, that's the other thing. Somebody deactivates and hides those shrines and it's Zelda and Minoru. That's true. Wait, is that in the Chamberlain's account? No, but they're doing other plans like set up the Temple of Time in the sky and all the constructs and settings to tr- to set up Link or prepare Link. Yeah. And there's got to be somebody who, who lowers those shrines. True. <laughs> and- okay, here's where they're really losing me. Cause- oh, okay. If this was a standalone game, this would all be fine. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But there are 700 million things that happen between this point and the defeat of Ganon. Okay. Why not plan for any of those things? Those things are addressed in their own time by their own solutions. Okay. <laughs> I have a supporting oddity that doesn't take place chronologically now, but... Oh, fuck me. ...can be okay. mentioned... <laughs> Um, Hylia, from where she is at the edge of time and, you know, dispersed into a bloodline after she passes in Skyward Sword, concretely does something, as we see in Tears of the Kingdom. What's that? She moves the horn god statue that you trade- Oh, god. Hearts and stamina with. That's true. Around. Yes. Crystal, did you run into the horn god statue? Yes. Okay. So it has been moved since Breath of the Wild. Yes. Yes, it has. And according to it, it's been moved twice since yes. Breath of the Wild. So first, 
it was sealed in a statue because it was playing around with people's lives. And then it was along a main street of a village and still doing these bargains because it refuses to learn its lesson. And she moved it to off of the main roads. This continued, and this spans Breath of the Wild. Then she moves it to the center of a lake, and it has to make deals with fishes, and fishes make terrible deals. <laughs> and she finally moves it again, where Link will encounter it again, um, in the secret passage to Hyrule Castle. You know, I never even used that statue. <laughs> I didn't either. Nope. It's not that important, really. Well, you know, Hylia's looking at it, it's like, what if Link does want to go and pull the Master Sword a little bit earlier, but he invested too much in hearts because he thought that was the necessary criteria? But, <laughs> oh, this is the one backup plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Monica, you're, you're saying that the big takeaway from this is that Hylia is still physically exerting control over the world. Yeah. She's still meddling. Directly. Yes. Or... Did she set that up a long time ago? Like, every couple of years, I'll move you. Sure. I got you on the program. <laughs> that is also possible. But what what would the mechanism of the movement be at that point? Ah, uh, she's got programs set up. Oh, okay. The world is a program. I see. So it's just like a really specific earthquake that causes a stone to jut up out of the ground and just launch <laughs> the horned god at thousands of kilometers an hour through the sky. When you're a goddess yeah. of time, though, and you're at the edge of time, it really doesn't matter. Here's the real thing for me, is that I like when things have been set up in ways that are not obvious. Like, this thing happened a million years ago, and no one could have possibly known that a million years in the future, it would be perfect for to defeat the evil king. Right. But here, everything is very foreseen and set up specifically for Link, and he does it exactly how everyone expects him to. In fairness, the game doesn't actually tell us that. Like but it is what is like going we're on reading into subtext. Yeah, it is what's happening, but the game doesn't say that. Kind of does, though. Yeah, fair enough. I think that there's that similar interplay in a lot of Zelda games. Like if you look at Ocarina of Time, you know it's pretty unexpected that Gandorf. Uh, took advantage of these two 10-year-olds and their shitty plan <laughs> and seized the Triforce. But all the same, it was fated that, you know, Link would have to seal himself up in seven years, blah, blah, Master Sword, yay. Those temples were there to to be purified and so he'd get a medallion and build a rainbow bridge and beat Ganondorf. You know what a good version of this is, is when Ganondorf gets the Triforce in Twilight Princess. You mean when he's being executed? Yeah, that was a sick moment of divine providence. Yeah, that was pretty unexpected. You do like it when it feels like the gods have betrayed us. That's right. But it was necessary because that ultimately led the road for the for the, the Twilight to redeem themselves. I see. By rejecting evil. I mean, at that point, they were already really peaceful. It's just Ganondorf's influence that fucked them up. They, they had already leveled out their dharma so i mean they it, and then they were able to overcome this trial only one of them did it though everyone else was turned into a monster she did it for the rest of them uh, i don't know i don't know if that quite i don't know if that lines up for me well okay you yep you know what i'll take any criticism as long as it means i was probably right monica <laughs> did you uh <laughs> <laughs> you, you said that you wanted to look at memory 13 some. What's no, no, it's fine. We don't need to. 
I'll, I'll put a pin in that and uh, note that is where we will be picking up next time. Look at this classical painting of a red oni that I'm putting in the line. That's just, that's a Ganon smile. That's a Ganon smile, yes. Yeah. We are nearly, nearly there. <laughs> nearly there. Where, God damn it? Where are we almost? Where have we no, almost... made it to the beginning of the Imprisoning War. Yeah, that's... that's. Uh, it could have been years that passed in the past. We've been talking about this game for two weeks. Uh-huh, two episodes. <laughs> we got to the Imprisoning War. And we have... We the Imprisoning War, Cameron. <laughs> and we've gotten halfway through the past, more uh-huh. or less. <laughs> A little bit over half. Luckily, the Imprisoning War isn't very long from what we know. Very few memories take place during the imprisoning. Wait. There are a chunk of them, but they're mostly repetitive. But it's interesting because the implication of the last free Grudo town having fallen in memory 12 is like there was some sort of a struggle. Yes. They were fighting against the There were skirmishes everywhere, and these people were forced to retreat to the Forgotten Temple, which had a different function at this point in time. Yes. A very easily defensible fortification, I guess. I mean, Hyrule Castle fell. It sounds like pretty much everywhere fell. And this is in the time before Zora's Domain even existed. Did it? Yeah. Zora's Domain was built just about a little over 10,000 years ago. Oh, gosh. We have that in chronology. Yes, we do. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Monica looks like she's getting the biggest headache, Crystal. It's, It's so much time... This is such a long shot plan. The Gorons are probably evacuating from Garondia. Garondia, yes. They are probably evacuating Garondia. Because demons, as we all know, come from beneath the earth. No, these demons came from the sky. Ganondorf did it. Just like Lex Luthor said. Oh, well, I just mean that in, in most Zelda stories, demons rise up out of the earth. But in this one, Ganondorf caught, like thro- scatters their seeds on the wind. Okay, so this is not when demons emerge out of the ground just yet. No, I think that Ganondorf is the origin of demons emerging out of the ground. Okay, so Garondia might not be evacuated yet. No, I mean, maybe. Who knows? Fuck. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I really did expect us to get to the end of the memories. No. You, you, you were like, let's do it. And I was like, okay, let's go. It didn't happen. <laughs> no, it didn't. I'm the fool. <laughs> I didn't think we'd no, get to the end of the memories. I actually stopped taking notes before uh, mid-memory 10. So we went further than I expected. I do not have Hylia's time in sight. I see. Okay, well, you know what? It's it's fine. I don't mind spending a couple of more months talking about this <laughs> shit with y'all. Did you want to read emails? Emails. Oh, I think it's a good idea. Uh, this email comes Wait, in- wait, wait. Email intro. Oh, Yes. You can send in emails to bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. Once more, if you want your emails to be read on the podcast, because we will read them even if they have to be truncated, send in to bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. Do we have any remainder tweets to cover? Um, it's a great question. Probably yes. Is Twitter accessible? <laughs> That's a great question. Probably not, but we'll see. Crystal, how are you enjoying the demise of Twitter? It's back. They fixed it. Did they fix it? I mean, yeah. I can use TweetDeck right now. Did they remove the limits? I haven't noticed them. Uh, the weird 
thing is that it actually had an impact on my browsing time because I instantly went into, I only should look at it very limited. So I've, I've been able to excise myself from Twitter. That's great. Hey, let me go through here just a little bit. Okay, uh, we got one from Screamin' Sam. In the flashback cutscenes, two Gerudo women with sashes that say Koome and Kotake are visible serving Ganondorf. I forgot that their sashes say it too. Do you think this is a name reuse or literally the Ocarina of Time granny's pre-aging, assuming a narrative where Ocarina of Time comes after? I want to hear what you two think. I'm going to take the position that it is literally them. <laughs> Were they counting 100 centuries, Crystal? Yes. I'm sure. counting 400 centuries. I am sure they say years. Because if you think about it, 40,000 years, that's, that's, that sounds about right, doesn't it? You know? Just about. Are you are you going to say that too then, Monica, that you think they're literally the same people? I don't think they're the same people. Though I think that Ko, Taka and Kome of Ocarina of Time would like look back at these forms, whether or not it's them, and say, gee, we were hot. We were so hot. Look at those hot bots. So what would you say is going on, Monica? It's two different witches. I mean, you see the Zelda series as one long running sequence of reincarnations. Yes. Is that what's happening? Um, I'm open to reincarnation or it being like a title thing. I am in alignment with you on that. Okay. So there's our answer. Um, they are literally the same one. They are reincarnated. And also it is just a title passed down among the wise women of the actual leaders of the Gerudo. We got one here from Mickey Schwartz. Which Ganon became Calamity Ganon? How many dwarfs are we working with here? Oh, God. That's a great question what that a, I don't have an answer to anymore. That's a fantastic question that we simply cannot... Three Ganondorfs. What? Three? Yeah. Go on. There's okay. there's this Ganondorf in Tears of the Kingdom Past. Right. There is Ocarina of Time Ganondorf. Same Ganondorf. Same, same Ganondorf. Yes. But that's... Okay. And then there is uh, uh, Four Swords Adventures Ganondorf. Hold on. Monica, do you realize what you just said? These two guys counted separately? Same guy? Same guy. Three in one. Like a trinity. Okay, so which one becomes the Calamity Ganon? This one. What? <laughs> Calamity Ganon's fucking dead. Yeah. Yeah. What's your take on that, Crystal? <laughs> I don't subscribe to that. <laughs> because I don't want to... I don't... I don't recognize Four Swords Adventures Ganon as a different Ganon. Oh, really? Do tell. I mean, he's he's the same on different timelines. Oh, I see. So you would say that the same person on different timelines is the same person. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. That would be two. Two with different branches for which one is the second one. Well, if there's only one. <laughs> well, yeah, how about this? How about this? Oh, you sound so tired all of a sudden, Crystal. <laughs> Zelda goes back in time, and this causes a timeline split oh. where Ganon becomes the Demon King. Mm. Too early. Go on. But if if Zelda wasn't here, then he would uh, he'd take the immortal potion from his, his moms, and then he'd do the imprisoning more later in Link of the Past times. Or in Ocarina of Time times? <laughs> or in Ocarina of Time times. What? So the guy in Ocarina of Time is 40,000 years old. <laughs> yes. Well, no, how, how that that kind of could that could work. Crystal. 
Like, okay. if Zelda wasn't there, maybe the Maldugo plan would have worked. Maybe, yeah. That's true. Yeah. And then things would have gone down quite differently. So this is a branch of Ganondorf. I'm not signing off on this. <laughs> but I will say I like the energy that you're bringing to it and how you seem to be slowly dying trying to figure out what's up with Ganondorf. What the fuck is up with Ganondorf? <laughs> he can't reincarnate because he never died. Oh. You just said last episode that it is not necessary for someone to die to reincarnate in a different body. Wait, when did I say that? You and Monica were in agreement about this. Oh, hold on. When did I say that? What context did I say that? Okay, hold on. Let me think. I remember my reaction to it more than the thing itself. <laughs> um, let's see. What the fuck was it about? Oh, it's about Twilight Princess Link and the Hero's Shade. Okay. <laughs> You can have two separate instances of the same soul. That's his grandson. <laughs> Is every Link a reincarnation? They're all incarnations of the hero's spirit. <laughs> Cameron has made a very funny face. I am going to tear off my own hands. It's like how the prince is is uh, is an incarnation of the king, but only when he becomes the king. Excuse me? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I... I, I, I want an explanation. Because, a, you know, like a pharaoh is a living god, right? No! He's a man! No? No? The pharaohs are not living gods, the, you said? He's a man! And some of them are women, but not very often. Okay. Occasionally, yes. Of the ones I know of, they would still put on the ceremonial beard. <laughs> wait, wait a second. The hero shade is dead. <laughs> but he hasn't reincarnated because his ghost is still right there. No, you can have, you can have, you can split your soul. What? That, that's not his, no, 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 that's not his soul. That's his, that's his shade. That's a remnant. What? You? No, 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 no. Let me explain it this way. You fucking better. <laughs> you know when you're making spaghetti. I. <laughs> and you cook the spaghetti and then you got to strain the spaghetti, right? Mm-hmm. But when you put the spaghetti on the strainer, you get a little bit of starchiness left over on the strainer, right? Yep. That's what the hero shade is. It's the starch left over from when you cook the spaghetti. Yes. <laughs> this is also how I think of Inhumans from Eidolon. Well, okay, what's an, what's an Inhuman outside of cooking the spaghetti? <laughs> uh, well, a shade is, uh, in, the, in the world of Eidolon pop and rock, is sort of a... A leftover from a human being erased from existence. Oh, so they're like a nobody. Kind of, yeah. Are we looping back around? Go on. That's it. I was done. Time is a flat circle. So you're saying that the hero's shade is not the hero himself. It is the echo left behind. Yeah, like like the name says, the hero's shade. A shadow is not a part of you, and yet it is cast by you. That's deep. Okay, Monica, what do you think is fucking happening? Since you're the one who actually holds to the reincarnation theory. What part are we talking about? What's up with the hero's shade? Yes, the shade can exist at the same time as a a living Link does. Uh, Clearly. What is the shade? He is the shade of the hero. (laughs) What is a shade? There we go. What is a shade, Monica? Uh, I think it's pretty (laughs) self-descriptive. Okay, so you're just going to say that Crystal's got it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I understand Crystal's reasoning and the past analogy works. <sighs> so, I'm dying. <laughs> no, you're 
not. You're fine. Mr. Kropes asks, is this the imprisoning war or another imprisoning war? We did that last did episode. We? Okay. Um, Neveron asks, the history of the royal family of Hyrule is also the history of the Calamity Ganon. Do you think old pig smoke showed up a lot between the imprisoning war and the 10,000 years ago Great Calamity? Was he always smoke malice? Or do you think he ever got the classic pig bod? Basically, how much do we think the Calamity showed up between the Imprisoning War and the other Imprisoning War? A bunch. It has to be a bunch, right? Yeah, they describe it as hounding Hyrule since time immemorial. Yes. Like, there are actual people in Tears of the Kingdom who are like, yeah, this has happened again and again and again. Yeah. Like, it, it was such a... Co- it was named a Calamity because time before it might as well have not existed. And I guess the moon has always turned red at times. Go ahead, Crystal. So what do we think now of Urbosa's line that is said that once the Calamity took the shape of a Gerudo? What do we make of that? Is this what she is referring to? Is she referring to the imprisoning war? Are you suggesting that the Calamity Ganon predates Ganondorf the Demon King? Or that they are retroactively considering the Demon King the Calamity? even though everyone in the future seems to understand the distinction and doesn't get confused at all. I think that it was a weirdo line when Breath of the Wild existed and Tears of the Kingdom did not, but somehow it becomes, it falls into place with Tears of the Calamity and Gandorf. Sorry. Hold on a second. We're, we're dropping some uh, Baba Yetu. <laughs> it somehow falls into place with Tears of the Kingdom and this before Ganondorf, because... If we're placing this on the timeline and Tears of the Kingdom happens before Ocarina of Time, the backstory, then yes, the Calamity, this Ganon sealed, <laughs> did take the form of a Grudo, Ocarina of Time Ganondorf. Okay, okay. I ro- Weird as it might sound, I vibe with that. And Yay! once we get to the point of timeline placement, which I think we should do probably around the time we get to the 10,000-year-ago war. Um, I'll lay Next out- episode. Huh? Next episode, we'll do that. I'll lay out exactly what I think is going down with Ganondorf. Okay. Okay. Ungulates Anonymous writes, I only found one giant hollowed-out tree stump in the depths, in Babing- Babinga Grove. Is that the remains of a great Deku tree from the time of the Zonai? How would a stump have remained around for so long otherwise? Um, Ungulates, there's actually a lot of hollowed out tree stumps in the depths. Uh, you will find either, uh, outfits from other games or crystallized, whatever they're called there. Zonite charges. Zonite charges. So, you know, that, that still is possible that there are these giant trees, but I would say there are a lot of giant roots and other sorts of tree-like things in the depths, not just... The origin wouldn't just be from the Deku tree. There's a lot of petrified wood down there. Yeah. Arch trees. They are actually pretty similar to the arch trees in Dark Souls. And that covers it for the Twitter questions. Now, I think we should have time for one or two emails. And bookabadorepodcast at gmail.com. And this email comes in from Maor. Hello, lore keepers. In the latest Tears of the Kingdom trailer, the one with vehicles, we hear Zelda beg someone to lend their power to Link. Since I'm not well-versed in the lore, I'd like to know if you think that my theory is possible. What if the one Zelda is talking to is Ganon, to help Link defeat a worse enemy? And an enemy of my enemy is unfortunately my ally kind of thing. Thanks, Maor, from an undisclosed location. This was written 
on February, February 27th of 2023. So this is speaking without Tears of the Kingdom having released. Yes. This is back in the era of what if Ganon isn't the ultimate bad guy? You know that I will never believe that there will be a good Ganon. I am similarly aligned on that belief. He's the devil. <laughs> I, I kind of feel for those that wished that to happen. They wished very fervently. They did. For quite a while. And this was the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> they, they spat in the face of the good Ganon people. What if Ganon rebelled against the curse of Demise and broke the cycle. And Ganon said, what if Ganon predated Demise and was so evil that Demise is the sweat off of his back? <laughs> what if Demise was the curse of Ganondorf? <laughs> yeah. They're, what if Demise became a fork? Demise became a fork that Ganondorf proceeded to eat people with. <laughs> is that what the fork means? Yeah. Oh, okay. The, the fork of Ganondorf's triumph. The triumph fork. Crystal, is that what you meant? No. I meant the tridents. Yeah, the, the, the evil trident. The oh, demon trident. yes. Okay, I got it. From Four Swords Adventures, the most important game in the timeline. <laughs> you can imagine how he might use it as a fork. Yes. Eat, eat some Link sausage. Yes. Yes. Big fan of sausage. Okay, this one was sent to us by one Monica on March 31st. Me. Yes, it is you. I know. There Thank might you. be other Monicas. Monica writes... In Tears of the Kingdom, we'll go deep underground. In Breath of the Wild, someone fell deep underground. Now, I can't say for sure, but I think Monica might be referring to how one uh, Yiga Master Koga fell deep underground in Breath of the Wild. This was Monica, you were right on the money. <laughs> Yay! This was written March 31st. I said that. Okay. I'm glad we caught Koga coming back. Koga will never die. No. I... I almost feel like he died, but also it's really not clear. We didn't see a corpse. True. We didn't see him poof. Well, it's kind of foreshadowing, isn't it? Because he fell underground in the last one, and this one he goes blasting off again. Yeah, it's like he went off to a distant nebula. <laughs> Does that mean the ne- Zelda 21 is set in space? Or yes. Zelda 23? Or? It'll be Zelda 21. Or Zelda 11. <laughs> You're suggesting that they make... They're going to make other games between the next 3D Zelda. Uh, possibly. But also, we have to count Age of Calamity. I do not believe they will make other Zelda games before the sequel to Tears of the Kingdom. I don't think Tears of the Kingdom is going to get a direct sequel, unless you count an Age of Calamity situation. I think they'll close out the trilogy. I, I, okay. You want to shake hands on this one, make the bet that we'll fulfill... If this podcast is still going in two or three years, and... God knows we've got enough plans to get us through that long if we want to. But if none of us stop podcasting before that point, would you like to make a bet? Yes. Okay, what are the stakes? Donuts. 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 Um, when did we hear about Tears of the Kingdom, the sequel to Breath of the Wild being now in production? That would be... 2019. June of 2019, 27 months after the release of Breath of the Wild. Oh, goodness. This is going to keep going for a while. So, bare minimum, we would be looking until 2025. Where could this potentially go? <laughs> They're not going to show 30-year-old Link, are they? They did in in, in uh, designer art. They had an old Link. Don't tell me you're buying into this. No, maybe. Oh, no. Okay, Monica, you have to come down. I'm saying they will not make a sequel to 
Tears of the Kingdom. Crystal is saying that they will complete the trilogy. Monica, you have to come down on one side or the other. Donuts are at stake. Uh, do I have to have it dis- uh, separate? No. No, just one side, side or the other. Game? Yeah. Personally, if I had a type of game that could sell a million bajillion copies, no problem, I wouldn't mess with it. I imagine that the structure of it is going to be very similar, but I think that they're going to do a new version of Hyrule with a new setting, possibly a new art style. I will go on a tangent. What? (laughs) And say there will not be a direct sequel, but there will be a game that is espoused to be uh, set in a time known to Breath of the Wild slash Tears of the Kingdom Zeldas. What does that mean? Like... This will be the account of the 10,000-year hero. Okay, that would be absolutely a sequel. So you're siding with Crystal. It's not really a sequel. And it'll turn out to not be that guy in the way that it's never the imprisoning war that they're talking about. Except this time when it's definitely the imprisoning war. Right, but it's a different imprisoning war than the one they said they would talk about to begin with. Okay, so are you siding with me or with Crystal? Neither! Yeah, no, I, I understand the differences Yeah, it's here. a spin-off. I'm saying that this will be a direct sequel, and Monica's saying that this will be a prequel. Yeah, a prequel or a spin-off. Okay, but it's still creating the trilogy. So. No, it will not be a trilogy. Okay, so you're saying it will be an Age of Calamity, while Crystal's saying it will be a Tears of the Kingdom, and I'm saying it will be a Link Between Worlds, I guess. Is that right? Is that about right? But Link Between Worlds, do you mean like it will be It'll a be- 2D Zelda? no. Fuck. I'm saying that the next major 3D Zelda, when it is released, will not be narratively directly tied into Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom. Yes, it'll be new. New version of Hyrule, new setting, new fucking art style, new everything. Okay. Donuts. This this bet has two fucking sides. No, it's got three sides. It's binary. It's got three sides, Cameron. (laughs) Thank you, Crystal. Okay, I guess I should reframe it. Do you think that this will take place in the same setting as Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom? They will purport it to be, but we'll probably place it under Twilight Princess. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? You know, like how you we placed like, Four Swords Adventures as a sequel. Okay, Crystal, shake on it. Shake on it between you and me. No matter who wins, Monica loses. <laughs> oh. Shake. Monica, I respect your position, but I do think you're going to lose. I, I shake on it. Okay. okay, good. Yeah, no, I'm okay with losing. Like, if you win, Crystal, Monica loses. If I win, Monica also fucking loses. And, and there's no we examine it. There is no version of this story where <laughs> Crystal and I both lose. <laughs> no, until you play the game, and then you realize that they did intend it to be a sequel-ish, but it's not. Where it turns out Prey was a Predator movie else. all along? Yeah. Fuck me. Well, I'm glad- Wait, Was that a secret? Well, they originally planned to release Prey without hinting that the Predator was in it, and then people would go into the theaters and watch it, and a certain part of the way through it go, oh shit, a Predator movie. Oh, like Split. Uh, I don't know that one. It's the M. Night Shyamalan movie where at the end, Bruce Willis is is there and it's, plays the theme from Unbreakable. Uh, and says a line like, huh, guess I'm not the only one that's Unbreakable. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Basically like that, I guess. But this, this but Predator fans were too devoted and they found that out. Yes. They found it out too early. Yeah. Also, this isn't a thing that just happens at the end. The Predator shows up pretty early in Prey. It's pretty great. Okay. 
It's actually a pretty good Predator movie. I would recommend that you watch it. Okay. Okay. I think we got time for maybe one or two more emails. Listeners, just I don't know how long it is on the edited version, but on my recording, we are at three hours and two minutes. Yep. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Crystal. We'll be done in just a second. From Felix. Lore correction. Not really a Zelda lore correction, but a Kingdom Hearts one, which I know, Crystal, is your favorite kind of lore correction. Earlier in the podcast, you were talking about Maleficent's death and apparent resurrection and mentioned an interview where the reason for this is given as no one dies in Kingdom Hearts. While that is definitely still a true statement, Maleficent is a special case as revealed in the phone game. Spoilers for Unchained, is it Key or Cross or X? I call it Cucks. (laughs) I'm going to call it Key. (laughs) Spoilers for Unchained Key ahead. She didn't actually die in Kingdom Hearts 1. Instead, she was using a method of time travel that involved separating your heart from your body and inserting it into a past or future version of yourself, which in this case turned out to be a simulation of Maleficent from before Maleficent existed. But I digress. Excuse me? (laughs) She then did some shenanigans in the past and used a different method of time travel to return to the present, which requires someone at your destination to remember you, thus the fairies remembering her causing her to resurrect. Also, heartless are the hearts and nobodies are the bodies. Crystal wasn't misleading you, just in case you need confirmation. Toodles, Felix. Thank you, Felix. I think that might be how Link works, too. <laughs> you know, this this does tie in very well. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I have no possible arguments against either of those statements. Crystal, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at ArcaneCrystal and on Patreon at ArcaneCrystal, where you can listen to this a week early. And you can find me on AudioEntropy.com, the website that hosts this podcast, as well as some others like Eidolon Playtest, an actual play podcast about teenage detectives, one group in the 70s, one group in the 90s. I'm in the 90s. I play a teenage detective prince with an Eidolon who's also a detective prince. And on uh, Show Me the Batcave, where me and Luke talk about Batman movies. And Superman movies, apparently. That's right. Which movie are you covering now? Uh, soon there will be an episode out on Batman versus Super Batman v Superman. Excuse me, Dawn of Justice. Ah. So how did you two enjoy that one? It's a pretty good flick. I I, I hope that both of you enjoyed it because I could hear Luke just suffering through Man of Steel. He liked the BVS Dodge more. That's good. And you can find me on Twitter at Cam Ryder, so long as Twitter remains up. Will you be getting a Threads? Oh, God, no. Oh, go to hell. (laughs) Think I'm going to get on the fucking meta? Eat shit. No, thank you. Cameron uses my Instagram to to view things. And the algorithm is tied to knitting and rabbits. All I see on there is nice yarn and rabbits. And that seems fine. That's not how I want to run a microblogging thing. I'm looking at Neocities. Maybe we'll have a Neocities. Yeah, Neocities. That would be so cool. A Neocities for the Book of Medora. A Book of Medora, a Zelda fan shrine. <laughs> we'll have a little yeah, counter. They used to have, uh, they used to, those old Zelda fan sites used to have their own timeline theories on their own page. Oh, those were the days. That is great. We'll have that. We'll have a little counter. I'll, I'll learn some more HTML. Okay. Would you like to end on a joke? Uh-huh. This comes in from Andy. In his quest through time to stop the moon and save Termina, Link was having a particularly bad three-day cycle. 
After the first day, he was up all night trying to find every last Skullchilla in the swamp Skullchilla house. So he stumbled into the milk bar, hoping to get an energizing latte. Mr. Barton says, Oh, I'm sorry, Link, we don't serve coffee here, but we do serve tea. I should warn you, this tea has some very strong magical properties. So be careful you don't drink too much. Link, frustrated as he was by the night's adventures, threw back the whole mug of magical tea. He suddenly started to grow. His hair turned white, his sword twisted into a helix, and it could shoot powerful beams of energy with every swing. With his newfound abilities, he ran into Termina Field. Despite Tattle's worries cries for him to slow down, this new Link started slaying every monster he could find. After he spent the whole second day on a heroic rampage through the countryside, he collapsed and slept through the whole second night. When he finally awoke on the final day, he had transformed back to his normal self. Tattle was astonished and exclaimed, Wow, that sure was a fierce day OT. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suspected the T would come up this way. I but. feel like a pun is elevated by the extra distance you have to go for. I'm glad. All right, bye, everybody. Yes. Bye. 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 bye.